Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. My goodness, I didn't know that this day would ever get here. Finally, myself, Brian, though, alongside Chris Plank. I've known Plank for years. This is the first show we've ever done together. I'm giddy. I'm like a giddy schoolboy here today, Chris Plank. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good, Brian. I'm good. It was weird because Lee Lap, our, our producer, or I assume Lee's in for the whole show tonight, he texted me earlier and he said, have you ever worked with No? And I thought about it and I realized, well, by God, we never really have. No. We've been, we've been here at Fox Sports Radio for, I, I would say, a minute. But yeah. we've never had an opportunity to work together. So I'm pumped, Brian. Can't wait to talk sports with you for the next uh, three hours tonight. It's going to be fun. Yes, it was, it's been a healthy minute for sure since we've been here employed at Fox Sports Radio. I was a guest on your Oklahoma show one time, and Correct. I think I was too chatty. I, was too, I haven't been invited back since. So I well, think I screwed it up. I, somehow I said the wrong thing. Maybe I said something like Barry Switzer is overrated. I don't know what I said, but I haven't been invited back since. Well, that, that would have been bad. That would have been really bad. That could have <laughs> led to like a scarlet letter or something. But I have this weird personality thing to where I don't like to bug people to come on the show. That, uh-huh. that, that, that's why I'm not a good producer. I, I would be horrible because ah, I don't want to bug. I mean, just on like, and then I look at the schedule, you know, four years ago. So, yeah, um, that, it's not the personal. It's just I'm a moron. So, okay, bad. I'm going to I'm going to get into uh, Tiger King here with you because, Please do. yeah, I need a blow by blow of what the heck is going on. So we'll get to that momentarily. But I want to start here with you, Chris, which is the NFL draft according to a memo sent to all teams by Commissioner Roger Goodell. It's going on. It's starting on April 23rd, as originally planned, and a portion of this memo 
It reads, public discussion of issues relating to the draft serves no useful purpose and is grounds for disciplinary action. So if we translate this, he's basically saying, if you dislike that the draft is going to start on April 23rd, keep it to yourself. Don't talk trash. And if you do, we might hammer you. I have no problem with him saying it doesn't help the NFL for you to bellyache about this publicly. It's a pandemic going on. People are upset. They don't know if they're going to have jobs. They don't know where their paychecks are coming from. So it's not good for the league for these high-priced general managers to be like, this isn't fair. We don't want it to be on April 23rd. That makes sense. But to say, we might discipline you if you don't adhere to this. That's not treating a man like a man. That's treating a man like a boy. And I didn't appreciate that stance by Goodell. I think it would have been better to say it doesn't help the brand. So just be a professional and keep it to yourself if you dislike it. He should have left it at that. See, this is going to be a problem tonight. And and I don't know the best way to put this except – like the whole sports radio mindset is two guys are supposed to disagree and yell and scream and get on the verge of losing their minds. But I, I agree with you on this, yeah. and I and I agree with a lot of what's been out there. I don't – first of all, whoever is in charge of these memos sucks in keeping it secret or confidential. And obviously, if it was supposed to be, I guess, I mean, every single person on the planet seemed to have a copy of it. But does he not trust the, the GMs or the coach, I don't think anyone's going to be happy that they're not going to have their in-person interviews. I mean, yeah. right? You want to be able to bring someone in. You want to be able to kind of, for lack of a better term, lay hands on them, kind of see what they're all about. And bottom line here, you're not going to get to do that. So if I'm a general manager, yeah, I'm a little bit hot, and and, and, and I don't like the idea that the draft is still going on when I can't meet with anyone. But But – you don't have to tell me not to say anything. I, I, I'm not going to go out and say the NFL is cheating because it doesn't matter how many times you meet with a, with a guy, Brian. GMs are still going to screw up the draft. So at least in this instance, you have a built-in excuse to say, well, we never really got to talk to this guy. So in three years down the road when it didn't work out, we didn't have the full arsenal. But you're right. I just I thought the wording of that, that was, um, oof, for lack of a better term, kind of Bush League-esque from a league that has done a pretty good job of just trying to do everything they can be, you know, to stay the course during this process. Yeah, and that the end part of grounds for disciplinary action. To your point, these memos always leak. They always make it out publicly. So now, if you take this to the next level, if there's a general manager who is even anonymous, unnamed, right? And he's like, this sucks. We don't have enough time. Like, Goodell doesn't get it. Whatever he says, it turns into, oh, someone's upstaging Goodell. Someone's not taking his word seriously. Where if he would have said in the memo, look, just be a professional. We're not going to threaten you. But just try to be a pro during these times that are, we get it, trying. And then if there's an unnamed source who says, oh, man, I really wish they would have pushed this back. It's more so on that person instead of kind of like raging against the Goodell machine. It makes Goodell look like he doesn't have power. He'd be like a teacher at the the chalkboard saying, I'm going to discipline you (laughs) if you don't behave. And then when the class doesn't behave, he looks like he's not in control. Let let, let me pose this to you, Brian. Is this a hill that if you're a general manager that's worth dying on, so to speak? In other words, this – and again – Brian, we celebrated the start. Well, you legitimately did celebrate the start of the NFL year like it was the new year. You had streamers, balloons, and everything. Yeah. Um, but 
I mean, is this something if you're a GM or what an executive president, whatever, that you're willing to kind of go to the mattresses here and say, okay, I don't like it, and I think it's BS, and you can find kind of challenge that teacher's authority, if you will. In your opinion, is this a hill worth dying on if you're one of these general managers right now to say, okay, I'm going to fight the power? No, and I would actually cite Bill Belichick, which is a random example, but <laughs> remember when the uh, the helmet rule was coming into existence and helmet-to-helmet hits, they were penalizing those plays and there was such a reaction to it which is like this is football and how can we tackle and oh there's going to be a flag fest and all of that and I'll never forget someone asking Bill Belichick about it and they were like what are your thoughts on this and he's like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter what I think my job is to coach the rule coach our guys so we're not getting flags thrown on us left and right and that's what it comes down to in this situation it doesn't matter what general managers think of this, this is the situation. So you can either go forward and take care of your business the best you can, or you can whine and complain about it, and it doesn't help anything. You know, we we had one of the best draft analysts on before us in Bucky Brooks, and I I listen incessantly to his Move the Sticks podcast and hearing him right here on Fox Sports Radio. And I'm just – I'm kind of fascinated when I hear those different perspectives on, okay – what does and, and I'm going to use the term, Brian, new normal like a bazillion times tonight because I haven't come up with another way to describe it over the last 10, 15 days. But this new normal, who will that benefit? Will it benefit, say, players that maybe had great senior years or were able to stay healthy or junior years or whatever? Who, who's it going to hurt? Is it going to hurt guys that are coming off injuries? The bottom line to me is this isn't really about – you know, oh, if we bellyache enough, the draft is going to be pushed back because now we know that's not happening. To yeah. me, this is about, all right, who is really, really good at going out and evaluating talent and bringing in the right guys? Because while I disagree that, you know, it, it, you, you can overanalyze things, I am one of those guys that when it comes to this draft process, it's paralysis by analysis. But who knows? Maybe with less time with someone, maybe with less workouts, you don't overanalyze someone and find every single little fault and you give a guy a chance who might end up working out. So I I, I hope, and I know we're going to talk about it a lot tonight, Brian, in the draft and obviously uh, everything that's surrounding it right now, but I hope that people start to embrace it. I'm not saying that I think they should be quiet if they're frustrated. I just like you a, a bazillion percent. I thought that was incredibly short-sighted by the commissioner. Mm-hmm. But you, you got to embrace it, right? You've got to embrace it and go out and tackle it and say, hey, we can still make something happen in a very positive way despite not being able to have individual workouts. And I'll be honest with you, dude, I, I digest draft content even when we're not quarantined like it's the last morsel of food I've ever eaten in my life. But I'm fine with no pro days. I'm fine with limited workouts because you almost get to this point to where it seems like it's too much, even though, like I just said, I'm okay with overanalyzing things. But I just I think this is going to be a very fun challenge and a very interesting one for NFL GMs and, and owners everywhere. He's Chris Plank. I'm Brian No, We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I'll also say this when it comes to the coverage of the NFL draft. When you look at ESPN, NFL Network, you talk about a monumental task. Just think of not having 
a crowd. <laughs> like When you watch these drafts, go back to when the Jets make some pick and they show the crowd and they're like, oh my gosh, what are they doing? When it was in New York, you don't have any of that this year. It's a completely different deal. Think about last year in Nashville when they would just show those like panoramic shots of the whole crowd. How much of that adds to the coverage of the draft? It is so much different this year. My suggestion would be involve social media as much as possible. Get as many videos. Like when Daniel Jones was drafted by the Giants and all those videos of people like, what are they (laughs) doing right now? Try to get as many of those videos. Musicians, entertainers, A-list celebrities, anything like that. Get it on. Get it on. Get it on the show. Because that's going to add a little bit more of that fan dynamic that you're not going to have there. Did you watch, since we're all into Netflix documentaries now, did you watch Cheer, the Netflix documentary Cheer no, yet? Okay, I haven't. It's, it, it, it's fantastic. Do it. I bring it up because you got my mind thinking. The very final scene, they don't allow the documentary crew to go in and tape the championship. So it's all videos from phones. It's all people who are taping the event and, oh, wow. and watching it as it because they couldn't have their fancy dancy cannons or whatever in there to tape it. And Brian, it, it, it made it awesome. So I'm with you. As much social media, amateur video, if you will, you can get because how are we going to be in guys' homes? Do we even need to be in guys' homes to be able to see their reaction when they're drafted? Are you going to let a camera guy in there? I, I mean, I don't know yeah. where we're going to be in 23, 24 days from now, but I'm not. So I think it's going to really add to it, and it's going to challenge producers, directors, talent that cover the draft because a lot of that time, if you're tired around the seventh round, you got this whole energy that's created by the crowd that's still around. you got to create it yourself and act like you care about the backup tight end from Wagner who got taken in the first pick in the seventh round. So, yeah, I'm with you. I I, I think you use social media. You use as, as many different cell phone videos as possible. And let me ask. Are you down with the Adam Schefter idea? Because I'm all about more content. Will you stretch this bad boy out to seven days and you have around a night? And you start Thursday with round one and we just keep going every round two on Friday, round three on Saturday, round four on Sunday, and so on and so forth. What do you I think? Th- I think seven days is too much. You could elongate it a little bit more than it is right now. Maybe you do a, a round for, you know, day one day for round one, another day for round two, another day for round three. And you maybe do like four or five for another day and six, seven another day. I would go five days, seven days. Okay. Is just Could you imagine if you're waiting yeah. to be drafted and it's a seven day oh, draft? Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> <laughs> and think about that. The seventh day and it's the least relevant round. At that point, it's just like, come on, guys. You're what going a little doing? bit too far on this. What would you say? I'm in the five day mindset. What's your idea here? I'm as I'm as long as we can stretch this bad boy out as possible. But you want I do an eighth think, day for the undrafted guys. Oh, there you go, yeah, ladies no, and gentlemen. Welcome to something new we're doing in 2020. Yeah. This is the undrafted frenzy because that's one of my favorite things. Is yeah. when the draft wraps up on usually a Sunday, right? Thursday, Friday, all right, Saturday, I guess. That yeah. Sunday. That Sunday is whenever all the undrafted free agents sign. So, yeah, you're, I think we're on to something here, yeah. no? We don't need seven days, but maybe a fifth and make that fifth day undrafted free agents go in place. You have the little videos of them signing and talking to teams and debating where they're going to go. I think we just fixed the content problem for those worried about the NFL draft. We got this. We got it hammered down, no doubt about that. We're idea makers over here. That's all right, coming do. up next from the Geico Studios. 
I'm a firm believer in say it or shut it. Tell you what that means. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Plank. This is Fox Sports Radio. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that. And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the sixth part limited series expats i think i learn a little bit with every character that i play i think usually i play a character and it causes enough introspection that i learn something about myself i honestly can't gush enough about freaky tales i'm so excited to share it with more people if you like what you hear be sure to review like and subscribe to the scene to scene podcast what's up i'm john wall and i'm cj toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'm Brian No. He's Chris Plank. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Geico.com. Easy. That's what I love about our guy, Don Brown, technical producer, Chris Plank. He's very eclectic when it comes to the rejoin music, which I think Ah, is great. okay. I want to know what your go-to genre is musically. Me or Don? You. Oh, me? Oh, gosh, dude. I don't know. I listen to everything. I was listening to, I don't know, I ended up down some stupid YouTube rabbit hole watching Eminem today. So it, it oh, doesn't. Really? Then tomorrow it could be country. And then the next day, I don't know, it could be it could be heavy metal. I'm the weirdest dude with musical really? taste on the planet. And then the following day I could be listening to Mumford and & Sons and, I don't know, drinking a a kumbichi or whatever that stinking tea is. So I'm not, I'm not someone who has to have that same jam over and over. So I'm, I am very, uh, you use the term eclectic. That would be me. If, if the baby's on, I'm going to dance and, and bounce around. Like I know every word of the song. So yeah, I'm a, 
I'm a weirdo when it comes to music, man. Yeah. Well, my ears perked up when you said heavy metal. I oh yeah, I know. I know you. Me. Yeah. I I see. This is the crazy thing, is I'm old enough to remember overnights with Brian. No. Whenever it was a lot of heavy metal, because that was probably getting done with a with an Oklahoma football game and driving the turnpike back to Tulsa and listening to you talk about any of those death metal bands that you listen to that are probably right in your brain right now. But uh, go ahead. I mean, tell uh-huh. me more about it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to get to some metal here momentarily because okay. I have a metal idea, but I wanted to talk about this Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson. Okay. He is basically channeling his inner LeBron James when it comes to the cryptic tweets. He sent out a number of quick cryptic tweets this week where he's quoting lyrics. Now, this one is from Drake. He put this one out there. This got the most traction because, of course, Drake is a very popular artist. So Texans QB Deshaun Watson tweeted this. We're just going to play the sound of it. I don't know how I'm going to make it out of here clean. Can't even keep track of who plays for the other team. Iconic duos rip and split at the seams. Okay, so after the trade of DeAndre Hopkins, stud-wide receiver, going from the Texans to the Arizona Cardinals, with Deshaun Watson putting this stuff out, where it's like, can't even keep track of who plays for the other team. Oh, is Deshaun ticked off about this trade involving DeAndre Hopkins? There's all this, this speculation, this brushback, if you will. I'll say this, Chris. I'm a firm believer in say it or shut it. I believe in being direct. So you either say what you dislike about someone or something, and if you don't want to say that, then you shut your mouth. But to hint at how you might possibly feel and have people guess as to how you might feel, it's just lame. It's weak to me. I don't know when we started to use social media as as grown men. I mean, listen, I don't know how else to put this, but Deshaun Watson's a grown-ass man. So I don't know when we started to use Twitter as a way to act like we're we're high school or junior high kids fighting with our girlfriends, you know, where you're just like – I'm going to ignore – I mean, I'm, I mean, again, I'm old, but it, it, <laughs> I wouldn't pass the note or I wouldn't fold the note properly where she had to fancily open it. I just we, – we act like teenagers. We act like little kids on, on Twitter. If you're mad, say it. If, if this is your way of trying to say, no, 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 man, that's just motivational stuff. No, it's not. No, it's not. I, I think right. – I think everyone's smart enough, Brian, to do it, do something with a purpose. Everyone's smart enough to know how we will react. I do think – my new favorite practice is whenever you see something like that tweeted, right? If it's a song lyric or or something other than that, is to quickly get into the mentions and see dude with four followers. It's like, yo, Deshaun, brother, you okay, man? Are you okay, pal? What's going oh, on? I'm just like, oh, <laughs> hey, man, uh-huh. you want to talk about something? It's just it become it's become my favorite thing in this. But you're right. If you've got a problem, which yeah. I guess losing all your weapons, you should. Say something. And if you're if you're not gonna put your name on it, then let's yep. not act like twelve year olds fighting over Fortnite or something. That's what I loved about Herman Edwards. Herm always said that. Put your name on it. And That's right. it's true. Whether it's a comment, instead of saying, Oh, hey, uh, just I'm gonna be anonymous but say this. It's like, no, no, no. If you can't put your name on it and you can't say what you mean, then you shouldn't be saying it. And I'm with you on that. I think there's just so much of this dancing around issues. I'm fully into being transparent. And if Deshaun Watson doesn't want to come out and say, I don't like this trade. I'm not a fan of it. Well, then don't put cryptic stuff out there. 
and have us guess. It's just a very immature way to handle this situation. That's not being a leader. A leader is either going to say, hey, I don't like this, but I'm going to grin and bear it. I'm still going to be a leader of this team, but I'm not going to BS you and say I like this. I just lost my number one guy. Or you just don't put any of that stuff out there. But to hint and all this passive-aggressive stuff, it's not what leadership is. Nah, and, and it's funny because you know we're, we're in a time now, well, and, and again, in, in what is our new normal, there's twice today. The over-under is at 12, nice. so I'm sure we'll hit that. Yeah. Um, this is a time where we're overanalyzing everything. And obviously overanalyzing isn't anything new. I think we've kind of done that in the sports world for the better part of the last ever. But now with with sites and with shows and with podcasts that cover a sport or a team or hell, even anymore, an individual nonstop 365, Brian, we overanalyze everything. So if you're putting something like that out, just why, why can't we say how we feel? Instead yeah. of instead of coming up with some random subtweet lyric, tell me how you feel. Hey, uh, Desha- uh, DeAndre Hopkins just got dealt to the, the Cardinals. How do you feel? Hey, man, I'm mad. I'm hot about it. I wish you could have stayed around. That's my boy. But you know what? In the end, I'm a leader. I've got to step up, and I've got to lead this team. I'm not happy, but you know what? I still love my dad, and I was not always happy with the way he would discipline him. I don't know. I'm, I'm coming up with some sort of way you can look at it. But I just I don't understand why, to me – and I love Deshaun Watson. So when yeah. I say this, it, it, it's it's from a dude. It screams of immaturity. It screams of somebody who I know isn't immature, acting immature. Right. And I hate to yeah. say that, but Brian, you you're a captain. You're a leader. You might be the the, the future of uh, with, with Patrick Mahomes of the NFL right now. Don't act like a little kid on Twitter, subtweeting everyone with lyrics. Tell us how you feel. Right, and that's the thing is. You know, I understand there are different ways to go about it. Right. Um, but I can't I can't imagine Mahomes doing this. No. I can't imagine Breeze doing something like this if he lost his number one guy. If he lost Michael Thomas, I can't envision Breeze quoting whoever he listens to where it might seem like he's ticked off about Michael Thomas no longer being his teammate. That's just <laughs> not how he would go about it. And I think also it's this attention-craving cycle It blows my mind how a lot of athletes who get a lot of attention crave more and more. Like, this isn't a coincidence. Deshaun likes his name circulating out there. I know he's bent about this, but he could be bent in his living room without putting any of this on social media. But he likes the attention. There are a lot of athletes that do. Okay, And you know, Brian... He doesn't have to come on our show, or he doesn't have to go on with Colin, or he doesn't have to do it on TV. Bro, just uh, click that little live button on Instagram and tell us how you feel, right? I mean, you can control the message now more than ever before. If you're trying to leave that up to interpretation, well, then you're creating more drama. And some might say that that's that's an us problem. I'm sorry. That's what we do. We cover sports. We talk about life. We talk about all these other issues. But at our core, we're sports-based. And when one of the biggest stars in the league is subtweeting lyrics to try to get attention, bro, you can easily hit live you could tape a video if you can't figure it out i'm sure you've got a million people with with your marketing people or with the texans that can help you do it to say something like love deshaun i keep calling him deshaun love deandre hopkins he was my guy but guess what he's off to arizona i'm heartbroken it hurts let's move on i mean it's just you I, i saw that this week and it's become one of my biggest pet peeves in life it's my old man get off my porch complaint if you have a problem, say it. It's not always going to be popular, and people can get mad and say, 
oh, you've got to be it. No, no, no. You, you've got to tell how you feel and lead how you know how to lead. And Drake lyrics, my man, they're not the way to lead whenever you're trying to rally support during a tough time in that organization right now. Which guy is more, I don't know what the word would be, um, who has more kind of like spunk? Is it get off my lawn guy or get off my porch? Because you <sighs> went tough. porch there. So who's more old school and more just like set in his ways? Get off my lawn guy. Because okay. get off my porch would indicate that you're allowing them to at least walk towards your home. <laughs> walk on your lawn. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, for, funny story. I think we all experience this now. We're seeing more people walk in our neighborhood. And I might be sitting in my living room. And if I see someone walking through and they get on my grass, Brian, all of a sudden I step up a little. I'm like, hey, what are they doing out there? So get off my lawn guy has much more spunk than get off my porch guy. Absolutely. I, I, very well stated. I've, I learned something because I never thought about it along those lines. All right. I'm going to get to the heavy metal portion of this conversation, which is, oh, baby, hold on to your seats coming up here shortly. But the great. Steve DeSager, a friend of America, here to sport uh, to uh, spin us around the sporting landscape. What's going on, Steve? Hello, gentlemen. This is quite a, quite a Saturday. Brian No and Chris Plank on the Look same out. show. This is sensational. I got to mention before what we get What kind in- of outfit would we be wearing if we were a WWE tag team, Steve? <laughs> well, Signets. What's it? Sniglets? Sig- singlets. Singlets. Un- unfortunately. Okay. I'd be giving the Sniglets. Uh, Not a good look for me. <laughs> I say, unfortunately, that would probably be the case. 80s WWF probably it would be something along. We gotta go at least jean shorts like Stone Cold, you know. I can't do the singlet. Oh, I can see that exactly. Well, for crying out loud, where is Chris Plank? He'd be sitting on his porch or his lawn. Some some people get off exactly wearing my talking (laughs) pants. As I, I've got talking pants now, gentlemen. It's not blue jeans. It's not khakis. It's talking pants. So sweatpants. Get off my lawn in a singlet. Let's go. Did you guys see the quote from a uh, Clemson compliance official warning star quarterback Trevor Lawrence that his fundraising for COVID nineteen victims could be an NCAA violation? I was, been, I've, I've heard going up to this point where the NCAA came out and they were like, no, 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 we didn't tell them to shut it down, so it's all good. Now yeah, this They've is the actually relaxed here. the rules now. College athletes can use their likeness to raise money through crowdfunding. So Trevor Lawrence and his girlfriend go back to the GoFundMe campaign. But just the fact that anybody at a university has to bring that up. Oh, gosh. Holy cow. What is What planet are we on? Anyway, and did you see the uh, item about the social media post from Naomi Osaka, one of the great tennis players in the world. She was going to be representing Japan at the Tokyo Olympics this summer. Disappointed that's been postponed, but she understands with the decision. But her post said, sports will eventually unite us again. Couldn't agree more. She says, sports will be there for us always, but that time is not now. Actually, this is what we all need to have rammed into our brain right now. This is one of the lessons we're learning. Sports will not be there for us always. It's not there for us this month. It's not going to be there for us next month. Invest in the eternal. God, family, love. There are things other than sports that are actually more important in life. And the three of us, I think I can speak for the three of us, we adore sports. It's just not life. And this is yet another lesson we're learning from it. So even in an otherwise great post, she's completely wrong. Sports will not be there for us always. And we on the air are living proof of this. So let's go down all the college basketball games today in March Madness, shall we? Oh, I'm sorry. Sports is not there for us always. 
Look at you. are just on your soapbox here, Steve. I I mean that that in a bad way. This is great. I I love this ranting by you. I saw that. I said, did you even proofread this before you press send? (laughs) Really? (sighs) Meanwhile, the president of the postponed Tokyo game said they should be held sometime between June and September of next year, but there's certainly zero official on that. Former Gold Glove outfielder Jim Edmonds was hospitalized with symptoms of coronavirus. He's being tested. Edmonds wrote, I thought I was tough enough to get through this virus is no joke. Edmonds was a career 284 hitter with nearly 400 home runs. Georgia's athletic director says the 2020 college football season is a big unknown now, but they're planning as if it will happen. The NCAA's medical advisor warned athletes not to share weights or any equipment. The Baltimore Ravens signed defensive lineman Derek Wolf from Denver. Baltimore's deal with Michael Brockers fell through yesterday, and he went back to the Rams. Wolf spent eight years with the Broncos. The Chiefs re-signed wide receiver Demarcus Robinson and the Giants agreed to terms with tight end Eric Tomlinson. Fox TV will air a different Super Bowl every Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern time, starting tomorrow with Patriots-Falcons. Also through the month of April, FS1 will carry classic NFL postseason games on Thursday and Friday nights. And how about this announcement today? The Madden Invitational will air on FS1 tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, to help raise money for the CDC's coronavirus response efforts. Among the guys playing the game tomorrow, Michael Vick, Matt Liner, Juju Smith-Schuster, and T.J. Hushmanzada. Chris Myers will co-host the two-hour event with Rachel Benetta. FS1 tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Players will compete against each other remotely. Among them, Orlando Scandrick, Derwin James, Amon Green, and Antonio Cromarty. So oh. happy to pass that along. Back to you. Oh, good stuff, Steve DeSager. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Plank. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. It's funny. Every time I hear about an old-school Packer, like Amon Green, any old-school Packer, I think of Lee Robert DeLapp IV, our trusted producer who was a diehard Packers fan. Every single time. That's the first dude I think of. I was, I was actually watching an old Packers game today. This whole NFL network thing, or not NFL network, excuse me, NFL game pass being free. I'm watching so many dumb old games right now. It makes no sense whatsoever. I'm watching like 2012 week 14 games. I don't know what's wrong with me right now, but yeah, I saw some mom on green today. So very interesting drop for a buddy lead lap tonight. Yeah. He had some good years and then the fumbling issues. And remember you had to take off the elbow pads or whatever it was thinking that was contributing to the fumbling and, (laughs) Yeah, the whole thing with it. Now, I, I hate to, I don't know, um, come up with ideas for people to be passive-aggressive. We were talking about Deshaun Watson and the passive-aggressive tweets, the cryptic tweets and all of that. I'm just thinking, if he dives into the heavy metal realm, you Ooh. know, and is starting to quote lyrics from certain songs, there's some stuff that could work out here. Now, for the people listening that aren't listening to heavy metal music that often, we will uh, mention what the lyrics are here. I think you could probably tell, but just in case, here's a little Lamb of God. This would be a good cryptic tweet. Check this out. Okay, so for those that don't speak heavy metal, yeah, Randy me. Bly was yelling, we're all going through hell. It's burn or keep on walking. So is that coronavirus related Deshaun? is this about the texans Deshaun? are you going through hell right now you're just going through it's a good cryptic tweet i think not I like bad 
I not like bad. it. Now, I will be honest. Whenever you first started playing it, there was some concern as to whether or not we needed to hit the dumb button, but it would work out very well in order to try to find a way to, I don't know, get your message out there that you're not very happy. I'm in. Yeah. Okay. Here's some Sepultura. Great heavy metal band. Old school. Brazilian. Check this out. Okay, think about this as a cryptic tweet from Deshaun Watson. Separate myself from the rest. What the bleep do you expect? Hmm. All of a sudden, there's speculation. Is he not going to be a Texan this year? Is he going to force a trade? Is he demanding a trade? Lots, lots of layers right there, Chris. I, I, I am I am really learning how in-depth your love of, of heavy metal is right now, I think is the overriding arc to this. Not only in the great suggestions for potential subtweeting lyrics here. No, but how in-depth you've gone. Because I kind of stop after, like, I don't know, Twisted Sister. Uh-huh. So you're going deep here. <laughs> this, is, this is like a deep-cut lunch for me. Okay, here's my best potential cryptic tweet. Heavy metal version for Deshaun Watson. It's some Slayer! Check this out. Okay, all right, here's the cryptic tweet right here. Everything I do doesn't stem from you. It doesn't have a bleeping thing to do with you. Is he calling out Bill O'Brien? What's happening here, Deshaun? That is a great cryptic tweet if he went that direction. But no, 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 he, he decided to go with Drake. So I think more than anything else here, Brian, what you're pointing out is if you really want to try to confuse and muddle the system more, hip-hop, rap, R&B, not really the way to go. Heavy metal would probably serve him better, you think? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, you could go in many different directions. Because there are some lyrics that, in like Deshaun's context, it leaves a lot to wonder. Like, what exactly is he saying? Who's he mm-hmm. ticked off at? at here so yeah there's a lot there a lot of meat on the bone a lot of possibilities i i I like to think what what was what was the final lyric again about fire or oh we're all going through hell it's burn or keep on walking gosh is that it for yeah that could just fit for about anything right not bad not bad not bad bad. i did go back in the archives last one i have for you here (laughs) cannibal corpse I did not realize how ahead of the curve Cannibal Corpse was because I'll tell you the lyrics first because you're probably not going to be able to tell. Listen closely. They're saying O'Brien sucks, bad trade, DeAndre. Okay, here it is. How did they? They're like the Nostradamus of heavy metal. This is like decades ago, and they I, called this trade perfectly. Crazy what happened there. I'm going to go out on a limb and think you might be mishearing the lyrics, but I, I don't want to try to ruin any type of soothsaying ability that, that Morbid Corpse, what was the name of it? Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse. I don't want to yeah. try to change any future suits. Did they happen to mention Corona in there by any stretch of the imagination or COVID 19? I'll have to go back and check. I, okay. I maybe, maybe, because they nailed this trade here. That's I don't know amazing. when this song came out exactly, but listen to it again. Maybe, maybe you didn't hear it the first time. <laughs> O'Brien sucks. Bad trade. DeAndre. I think you could tell right there, right? I really, really cranked up the uh, speakers there. Um, I may not be hearing it. But you know what would make it even better is if he just went ahead and tweeted that, and then you're like, oh, look, 
I told you. <laughs> so, hey, morbid corpse or, or, or coffin corpse or whatever. Ahead of the game, man. Ahead yeah. of the game for this band right here. By the way, I believe, I believe that was the band in the old school Jim Carrey movie or Pet Detective, right? Like the whole thing where he went to go see the band. It was either, I think it was Cannibal Corpse. He went to the concert and it's like this insanely death metal type band. <laughs> He's doing his stupid yeah, little I'm dance. I'm pretty sure it was Cannibal Corpse. I think I'm going to have to check if that's correct or not. By the way, Cannibal Corpse, straight out of Buffalo, New York. Look out. They sound like they're from Buffalo, New York, right? Yeah. If you have a Buffalo, New York type sound, I think that's it. I think it's Cannibal Corpse right there. The name of their label is Metal Blade. Are you sure that's not like your label that you're working on on the side with this? Oh, man. No, no, it's not. But, uh, yeah, the old school Metal Blade label. Oh, man. That's beautiful. All right. Plenty to get to. Coming up next from the Geico Studios. I've got a royal bad beat story that has nothing to do with gambling. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Plank. This is Fox Sports Radio. I have a story to tell you, Chris. I'm ready. That is a doozy. Now, you've heard all of these bad beat stories in gambling, right? We, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Are you a gambler at all, Chris? No, uh, I'm no. not. Now, I'm a wannabe gambler. Uh-huh. I, I'll write down picks, but I just it's it's never been my my dad, dude, used to scare the hell out of me whenever it came to like gambling and stuff like that. So, yeah, never never has really been my thing, and I and I think I don't think I'm very good at it either. I always lose. So, isn't that most gamblers anyway? Uh, yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah, a okay. lot. Of, there are a lot of losing gamblers out there. That's for sure. Yes, <laughs> but um, I've got some bad beat stories over the years as I will dip my beak. I'll wet my beak into the uh, gambling waters, if you will. I suffered a bad beat, and it had nothing to do with a sports bet. No gambling go, whatsoever. Go ahead. So my taxes, Chris Plank. Your taxes? Right. Yeah, my taxes. So my tax guy called me. Uh, I think it was Thursday morning. He called me Thursday morning, and he goes, hey, man, um, it's not good. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. So I was thinking I was getting back. I don't know, a couple thousand-ish, somewhere around there. So he says it's not good, and I'm like, all right, so what are we looking at here? So before I tell you, Chris, I would like a prediction from you. How much do you think I owe in taxes? Okay, okay, a couple of questions because this is an area that I don't necessarily consider myself an expert, but I'm I'm very educated. So number one, you, you don't have any kids, right? That's right. Right, right, married, correct? No, divorced. No, okay, okay so that, divorced. That's a big one right there. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Yeah. My bad. No, no, uh, no, you're good. You're good. You're yeah, it's fine. Uh, homeowner? Uh, rent. Rent a Ooh. home. Okay, yeah. same, same, same. And then the, the final one, you don't have any years in which you didn't file, right? I mean, this isn't one of these commercials that I hear about how you haven't filed your taxes in like 10 years, right? No, I do it every year. And you don't? Do you have a lot of freelance stuff? I'm asking a lot of questions here. No, like, and hmm. this will come up in a second. But I've got my Portland weekday job, right? So right. I do a weekday show here in Portland, and then I do my Fox Sports weekend shifts. Okay, so that right. I, I, having a couple of jobs that did come into play. Okay, okay, and and regular taxes taken out of both of them. I I don't see how you could owe that much, Brian. What would it come back? That's what I was thinking. I need an official right. prediction, though. What do you think okay. here? Uh, I, I would, since you're since you're building it up, I would assume it's going to be large. But I'm just going to go smart here. I'm going to guess like 500 bucks. I, 
He goes, <laughs> I'm not even joking. My tax guy goes, you owe the IRS a little over $9,000. What? And I said, what? <laughs> I owe what? And I, I owe the state of Oregon <laughs> over 3000 I owe over $12,000 combined here, Chris. Okay. Blank. All right. That's a lot, Brian. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. It's crazy. So a couple of things happened. One, my divorce was finalized in late November. But, but that still, that shouldn't affect it too much. It did. Right? It affected oh. it a lot. So oh. I was like, the way he was talking, I'm like, okay, so what would the, the difference have been if the divorce went through in, let's say, January of right? this year instead of last year? And he ran the numbers and he goes, um, well, assuming she just didn't make any money. Let's just say she didn't because it right. could help you. It could hurt you whether she did or not. Let's just say she didn't earn a penny. You would have owed about $1,800. i am like, that's $10,000. That's yeah. a $10,000 difference right there. Holy a cow. More doable. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. Well, I did someone just forget to take taxes out of your check or something? Or did you file as a, as a separate entity? My gosh, Brian, you need to fire your tax man tomorrow is what you need to do. That's what you need to go do. Oh, man. There's, I'll get to a couple of the layers. Oh, gosh. Um, but I need yeah, to know now. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Yeah. This is better than sports. I mean, not yeah, for you, obviously, but for me right now. I'm so I know, intrigued. Right? Yeah, we, we were going to get to the NFL, but forget that. Let's just get to these layers of tax season here. Oh, my All right, I'll gosh. give you a couple of those layers. And also from the Geico Studios coming up, an opinion that ticked off the sports world. Hang with us right here. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Ah, uh, what's going on? Hope you're enjoying your Saturday evening. We are here for you, even though games are not being played right now. There's plenty to talk about in the sports world and some beyond. I like digressing outside of sports from time to time too, Chris Plank. So same, absolutely the same. You, yeah. yeah, our maiden voyage doing a show together. How well, would you grade I, the first hour? What, would you, what letter grade would you give us? I, I didn't. I, I feel like I didn't do anything. I mean, here's the crazy thing about it. <laughs> Brian and I usually are both guys that will drive. So riding shotgun is 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 fun. I got to be honest with you, man. And as as my man Paul brought up on Twitter, yeah. uh, this was probably the point of the night so far. Uh, I'm not used to working with someone who asks, actually listens to me. Uh, Arnie never listens to me. Arnie always kind of has whatever he has going on, and then we'll just trample right in with whichever direction he wants to go. So I dig <laughs> having someone that I feel like actually is paying attention to me. So I'm here for you, fun. man. I appreciate yeah, I, I got my listening ears on, too, for sure. No doubt about that. Now, <laughs> We're going to get back to my tax woes. I need to hear more about this. Yeah. I, I, as a matter of fact, I've been so – like, I, again, let me back up here a little bit. I talk sports on the radio for a living. That's really all I can do in life. I mow my yard. I have to take my car somewhere else to get the oil changed. But I have a little bit of an understanding about finances and taxes. They're very yeah. just enough to be dangerous. Oh, nice. um, so I'm very much perplexed by this, Brian. No, somebody has made a horrific mistake. I think in, in order to leave you with this incredible life bad beat right now, man. I know nothing, and I'm a danger to myself. <laughs> I found out here, owing over twelve thousand dollars. So a couple of the things. The biggest one was sadly getting a divorce in late November because that if hurts. I married jointly it's a much much different deal so that's one another thing that came up was before moving to Portland I was physically living in Nashville and so the Fox Sports gig I still had my Tennessee address on okay. my taxes and there's no state tax in Tennessee there's heavy state tax in Oregon so when it was time to file, Oregon was like, wait a minute, this bastard's been living here the whole year and not paying us? Well, he owes us, right? So that came into it. Okay. Effect. Okay. And uh, oh, the other thing that I had no idea about, it's like my tax guy was explaining the system where it's set up where it's set up for you to have one job. And it's like, okay, you've got one job, you get X amount of money, we're only going to tax the percentage, that type of thing. So when you have two jobs like I do, somehow it freaks the system out where they're like, wait a minute, this guy's got two jobs? We didn't know he had two jobs. We're taking more. So I guess that came into play huh. a little bit. I, it was just a random concoction that in that just like escalated to a mountain of suckiness over here. It's just a perfect storm of suck. Uh, I thought I saw a really good suggestion Um by Jonathan, maybe it's time to start degenerate gambling. I don't know. Is there any, is there anything we can right. bet on? I saw people were betting on the weather. Can you do that? I've seen. Yeah, I've I've heard people. I haven't seen this, the lines. I've heard people talk about there are lines where you could oh bet gosh. on the upcoming weather. And that was the other part. There isn't some huge. So one of my coworkers in Portland was like, did you earn a bunch of money gambling? And that's why. And no. 
Good no, question. I wish that was part of it. There's no like huge layer that I'm leaving out that would be like, oh, that's why. There isn't anything. Hmm. Hmm. Weird. You know what? Um, most of us would probably say that tend to blame everything on the government. It'd be like, well, it's those liberals up there in Oregon, yeah. Brian. That's what it is. Some tree huggers. <laughs> I, I will say this, money. though. If you relate my tax woes <laughs> to the sports world, Right. I think of a guy like Tom Brady, who's partially a good example, partially a bad example. When he had the opportunity to play for the Chargers and right. California crushes you in taxes or Florida with no state income tax, those <laughs> are worlds apart. And, and Tom Brady's not a great example because he's earned so much money and he's got a supermodel wife. And But if you're an NFL player, an NBA player, and this is your first big contract, your first big payday, and you have an opportunity to play in a state that has state income tax or a state that doesn't, the state that has state income tax, it better be a great situation where you look at the roster and you're like, I just, I can't pass this up. Otherwise, financially, it makes no freaking sense to go there. Yeah, I know. And and again, if it... I, I'm heartbroken for you, as real as I can be right now, Brian. But is there any way we can shift you to Florida uh, yeah. before you? I mean, is, is there any way? How about this? How about this? We have Todd Furman on every Sunday night here on Fox Sports Radio, and he said he found somewhere on an offshore that had an over/under of May first before we could get back to live sporting events. Could we just take like twelve grand and put it on the over? Since we all know there is no way we'll be back to live sports by May first. I mean, come on, we, we can find a way to fix this tonight. I feel it. Okay, let's get a weather bet in here. I like this because this is essentially like uncut gems. Have you seen that movie yet, Chris? Uh, No, I have not. It's on. Okay, can I just give a quick little side note on that? Yeah. I am so – I love my – I have two daughters. I have a, a, a fairly grown son. He's 16. But when I see see people tweeting like, oh, my gosh, uh, uncut gyms, or you need to watch Ozark, you need to watch this, my, my kids don't go to bed till like 9 o'clock. I can't stay up till 2 a.m. watching all these movies. So, anyway, no, short story long, yes, Brian, I want to see it badly, but I haven't seen it yet. And I, I yeah. have a feeling the idea that I'm laying out to you is something – very similar yeah. to what maybe it's you're similar. looking at? Yeah, okay. I won't give it away for the people that haven't seen it yet and still want to watch Uncut Gems. I watched it last night. Our producer, Lee Robert DeLapp IV, he was recommending this movie very strongly. I watched it last night. It's a good movie. And I won't give away the details, but Adam Sandler, essentially, as you could tell by the trailer, he gets into some hot water, gambling-wise, okay. right? And so he just... We just gambles more. <laughs> so if I got into trouble with my taxes, which, you know, it just happened. There wasn't some oversight or something like that. We right. could take the money I have and try to win $12,000 or more to offset the cost of the taxes. I like what you're thinking here, Chris Plank. Well, and let's keep in mind, there is a South Park episode if you want some uh, some help on this because Randy Marsh actually bet everything to get the town back from, I believe it was a, a tribal casino. You might want to Google that one up as well, too. I think, though, they got greedy, and, act- and after they won, they, they let it ride and they lost. So I would just warn you against that on that front. But, man, okay. I'm sorry. That stinks. Yeah, we'll choose wisely, though. But, hey, man, it's life. <laughs> you know, there's a pandemic going on. Right. There are people that are sick. There are some that are dying. I'm not going to let it freak me out i just i'm funny like that chris i shrug my shoulders on this one with 12 g's where i'm like that's eh, life i'm not gonna get bent out of shape but heaven forbid i lose a 50 dollar bet on some sporting event <laughs> i turn into a crazy person that that makes no sense at all 
You know? Listen, I understand that I owe the government $12,000, but my man was on the free throw line, and all he had yeah. to do was make one of two yeah. in order to cover the over on my $75 bet. Yeah, okay, I could see you on this. All it's right, I cr- it makes no sense, but there's something about it being a competition and feeling like an idiot that you didn't choose right. the other side of a sports bet. That's why I've stayed away. I've realized, like, I just feel better not losing, and it could be 20 bucks, but I feel like a loser. I feel like an idiot, so I've, I've stayed away. Now, this was when games were still going on, right? Correct. It's not as hard to stay away now that there are not games being played. I'm Brian has, No, He's Chris Blank. Go ahead, Chris. What would you have? Well, I was, I was just going to say, has that been good, though, you think, for the for the degenerate gamblers out there, or do they just now sit and you try know, to find something else to save the day? Yeah, it's a great question because – I think there are some that are just, you know, they're scratching their necks. They're going out of their minds. Like, I got to be able to bet on something. But for a lot of those people that got into the daily habit of doing it and they're weeks removed, I'm sure they're breathing a lot easier now. Yeah. Yeah. It puts a lot of stress on you if you are just grinding, grinding, and on edge all the time trying to win these bets. Yeah, it's stressful. There's no doubt. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. We're going to get into an opinion that ticked off the sports world here in less than 10 minutes. But how about this little bite-sized topic with Michael Brockers? He's a defensive tackle. He originally had an agreement to go to the Baltimore Ravens. And an independent doctor checked his left ankle out. He hurt his left ankle the season finale of last year. The doctor checks him out and he says, hey, I don't know about this left ankle, man. He doesn't pass the physical. The deal falls through. It's off the table. So Michael Brockers goes back to the Rams where he's played in his NFL career. Now, we're not going to get knee deep into discussing Brockers and the Rams defensive line. But if you apply this to quarterbacks, if you look at Cam Newton on the open market, if you look at Tua Tungavailoa, that's about to get drafted in less than a month. Maybe a team like the Dolphins or Chargers is thinking about putting a boatload of picks together to move up to get this guy, and you can't have your doctors check this player out. The Michael Brockers thing, it leads to this thought process of what if it happens with potential franchise quarterbacks where their doctors can check them out, but our team doctors can't. And I wonder what the ripple effect of that is going to be when it comes to Tua, because he's got all this time ahead of him, maybe 10, 15 years in the league, but it's a major gamble right here, Chris. Do, do you, because I completely agree, and, and I'm of the opinion that I'm not so sure that Tua isn't going to be a better pro than what you might have in uh, the, the top quarterback in the draft and I just I don't know how good he could be. Grant, he had so much talent around him and rugs and Judy, and I'm not mm-hmm. going to get too carried away here. But it has to be the biggest concern. If I know this is a bite-sized topic here, so I won't try to get too carried away. But it has to be the biggest concern if you're sitting there and you're Miami. Uh, it's got to be the biggest concern if you're sitting there and you're just, let's say, hypothetically the Lions. Some have theorized they, that they might be interested. You know that Joe Burrow's going one. I mean, Cincinnati, I don't think they're going to change their mind. I think Tua could end up being a better pro. We'll see. Time will tell. We're not going to win an argument over that in late March. Yeah. But how can you, when you've had a guy that's had two injuries, 
um, two different of the zip tie, as I call them, surgeries on his ankle, um, has had a major hip injury, and a dude whose footwork has always been what separated him. You have to believe, Brian, and I don't know. I'm big into conspiracy theories, and I'm not trying to point fingers. But you're finding a way, if you're one of those teams, to either get to him or get him somewhere where your doctors can look at him. And I understand. Listen, I understand we're in the middle of of a pandemic, and there's many more important things. But if you're willing to, as the guys would say, shoot your shot or risk it all onto a tongue of Iloa, you've seen it happen before where you get a guy in there and like, oh, my gosh, his knee's shot, or or this just isn't what we thought it was. And you can weed that out in the pre-draft process. Brian, I almost think it's too risky to go out and do that right now. It's really interesting because I go back to Sam Darnold. When ah. the Jets moved up from number six to number three, it cost them three second-round picks. So for the Dolphins to maybe move up from five to three, it's going to be a heavy price tag. And I liken this to, say, a used car. If you've got your eye on this used car that, oh, man, this car is beautiful. This could be your car for the next decade. And it is a nice-looking car, but it's had some issues. They had some transmission problems. Seems to be fixed, but they're like, you can't test drive it. You can't check it out. You can't go in knee-deep into the Carfax and find out exactly what's going on here and have a better idea of what you're getting yourself into, and it costs a ton of money. Like That's essentially the position that the Dolphins, Chargers, these QB-needy teams are in that are close to being in range to draft Tua Tungavailoa. It's tough to feel confident and secure like, all right, I feel good enough making this gamble when your doctors haven't been able to even check him out. And then you have to worry. Let, let's just say, oh, gosh, Brian, you're leading me down the draft path, so, so we got to be careful here. I'll keep an eye on the clock. Let's say you're even sitting there, and you're my I mean, you think, okay, we're just going to get up to three. You feel confident enough. You make that move. What if someone goes over the top and oh. jumps up to two? Oh. Oh. No one's getting yeah. – I, I just – I just don't think you're. I don't think Burrow's going to be a question at all in Cincinnati. I think he's the guy. I think they're going to go with him. The Ohio ties and everything. But I do think that. So not only, not only Brian, are you thinking about moving up to three, but you're also moving up for that used car that you really like and looks good, but you've only seen it in videos and you yeah. haven't had a chance to actually get in it and get your hands on it as well, too. I mean, this is this is as fascinating of a gamble that we could have on our hands with not only how high you need to go while you sit there at five. But is it worth it if you have to give up both of those first-round picks and maybe a third-rounder just to get up to put yourself in position to get them? And I'm telling you what, Brian, I don't think it's going to be enough just to give up your two ones that you have to get up from five to two. Excuse me, three one. Well, you'd still get that first because you'd go up to two. But to give up your two remaining first-round picks, I think you're going to need some more draft capital up there if you're going to get to three or two. So this is going to be fascinating to watch play out over the next month. It really will be. It's it's going to be a leap of faith if a team moves up exactly. to get Tua. It really will be. All right, and I think he's special, but you are. It's uncut gems. It's uh, me trying to win back <laughs> money that I owe for taxes. Like This is high stakes, as high as it gets for a team to gamble by moving up in the draft for Tua. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, an opinion that ticked off the sports world. You will hear it next I'm Brian No, he's Chris Plank. This is Fox Sports Radio. 
When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'm Brian Noah alongside Chris Plank here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you from the Geico Studios. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. And it's even more amazing because Discover is accepted at over 95% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes, 2019 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. Okay, so Kirk Herbstreet. Mr. College Football himself, I think he does a great job. He had a take here um, on ESPN Radio about the upcoming football season. We hope it's upcoming. We don't know in these (laughs) pandemic times. But listen to his take that caused a lot of waves in the sports world. I'll be shocked if we have NFL football this fall, if we have college football. I'll be so surprised if if that happens just because – uh, from everything I understand, people that I listen to, you're 12 to 18 months away from a vaccine until you have a vaccine. I, I don't know how you can let these guys go into locker rooms and, and let stadiums be filled up and how you can play ball. I just don't know how you can do it with the optics of it. Okay. So you'd be shocked if we've got football, Chris. I, I think this, man. I, I don't have the answer. 
people that are way smarter than me that are looking for a cure, some type of solution. They don't have the answer yet. So to act like, Kirk Herbstreit, what do you mean? What's up with this? Like, I think you need to have the answer to be that bent out of shape that he's for sure wrong. Like, if he's going to be shocked, okay, all right, it's his personal opinion. I have no problem with him saying that. I think it raised the ire of a lot of the college football fanatics um, because, first of all, you then see people that are not social distancing and you see the shots on beaches in Florida. You're like, hey, don't you people realize this could cost us football? Yeah. What are you doing? But here's here's a concern. And, again, I – I'm of a firm belief that we'll start to flatten this curve and we're going to be okay by June. I'm, a, I'm an eternal optimist. But here's the issue. Round two. And there's a thought that when we get back into cooler weather and we get back into you know, where we're more comfortable and people are out a little bit more and cold season and flu season raises its uh, its head again and in September and October that we could have a round two that could be more detrimental than it is today. And Brian, as Kirk Herbstreet said, we don't have, um, I keep wanting to say the antidote. What 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 is it? We, we don't have a way the to- The vaccine. To, thank you, vaccine. Yeah. I've watched too many- I've watched too many superstar movies. I've watched too many Superman movies. So with that in mind, I, I don't have a problem with throwing that take out there. Hopefully it catches people's attention. I think it's a little bit much mm -hmm. to try to say, I don't think we're going to play football because I firmly do. Now, I, I know the report from Sports Business Journal caught a lot of eyes, and I don't know, Brian, if you want to get into that later or not. But when you start hearing kind of wild ideas about playing in the summer – and they're like, well, why would we want to play in July whenever nobody can can get out by then? Well, th that's, again, we're concerned about round two and what this whole mindset might look like in August and September. But, Brian, fr from my perspective, I don't even know what tomorrow's going to look like. I know that I'm going to wake up, good Lord willing, and I'm going to do a show tomorrow night with Arnie Spanier right here on Fox Sports Radio. And who knows, I might get up early to enough tomorrow morning to listen to you and Andy Furman. Uh, but bottom line is, I, I don't even know what it's going to look like next week or two weeks from now. So yeah. I don't know how we can get away, get carried away with long-term plans and then getting mad at anyone who decides to throw it out there that they're concerned about what it might look like long-term. I thought it was a good wake-up call for a lot of people, to be honest with you. Yeah, the way I look at the pandemic, I think it's a lot like rehabbing an injury. Ooh, Meaning this, I'm like, when you're in the thick of it, it just feels like it's not going to get better. But it does. Like, I've had knee surgery, shoulder surgery, and when I was going through the rehab process, I remember my knee specifically, I couldn't get around on a bike, like a stationary bike. I couldn't. My knee was too stiff for me to make it all the way around. So I'd go forward as far as I could, and I couldn't go any further. Then I'd go backward as far as I could. I couldn't go around in one circle. And I'm like, I don't think my knee is ever going to be okay let alone the same as it was or better. I, I just, I don't think I'm going to be able to ride a bike again. And, and I think that a lot of people have that mindset when we're in the, maybe the thick of it, who knows if it progresses and gets worse, but we're in a bad phase of it right now. People are losing their jobs. They don't know if they're going to have their paychecks. Like, when is the end going to be here? It's like being at sea and not seeing land. And it's like, when are we going to see land? Are we ever going to see land? And a lot of times it works out and you look back and you say, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. 
And I think we're eventually going to get to that point with the pandemic. But being in the thick of it, there are a lot of people that don't see that end in sight. And I think that has a lot to do with how they form their opinions. Yeah, and I I think part of it more is just hopefully to wake people up. And again, I'm not – we're not – we're not experts on this. This is a whole new world in, in contagious diseases for all of us, but it's affected our world. And in that, we don't have sports. We don't have something to turn to that we typically do whenever we have issues like this that um, scare us, that concern us. We usually can turn to sports and go, okay, well, at least I have the Dodgers game tonight. You know, I've, I've been mm-hmm. let down by what's going on in my personal life. Let me watch the Dodgers and, and kind of get me a little bit more. Are, are the Red Sox, where, wherever it might be. But let me pose this. What is it like? Because you're still in, in Oregon, right? You're still in yep. Portland? What's yeah, I'm still here. Like? Okay. Yeah. What what's what's it like? Is is it high alert? Is there a lot of a positive test? Kind of what's been the tone with this in your neck of the woods? Well, I went out a day or two ago because I had to go to the grocery store, and I, well, because I owed twelve thousand dollars. Right. Right. With taxes. Right. I, I tried to get some ramen. Chick fil A. Yeah, I went to yeah. go get some Chick fil A. Make myself <laughs> feel better. And. uh It was interesting because a few things stood out where just little subtle differences. When I went to the grocery store, one of the two places, they had plexiglass right in front of the cash register. And so I was talking to the guy and I was like, oh, wow, man, this is because of the pandemic, huh? He's like, yeah, they just installed them today. And I'm like, oh, that's smart. It's it's different, but it's smart. And then when I went to Chick-fil-A, you've probably seen commercials about this if you haven't gone to fast food places yourself, but instead of handing you the bag, they'll put it on a tray and then yep. just hold the tray out and you grab it. It's just like little things like that. Some people wearing masks while they're out. Um, traffic. Traffic isn't nearly the same. Seeing something on an interstate here on uh, 26 is one of the highways around, and there's a sign that says, stay home, save <laughs> lives. Right. And I'm like, that's, that's pretty direct right there. It's that type of stuff where you can tell you're in such a different realm right now, for sure. So, in other words, it, it's pretty hot and heavy where you are right now from that perspective. It's not – you're not in a place where, uh, like, say, Washington, Spokane, Seattle, that, that was hit pretty hard early, and right. hopefully they started to see it soften just a little bit. I'm in a place right now – I live in Oklahoma. I'm in Norman, Oklahoma, not too far from the Winnie Wood Park, which you get to later, but – we're right in the we just had the shelter in place order yesterday across the state and we, we've had it for a couple of days here in Norman where I live so to bring this back full circle at least in, in bringing that up Brian I don't think there's areas that have been as affected as say you are or I am or say right. those that are listening in New York City so when they hear Kirk Curb Street or they hear any of us say man I'm worried about college football or football in general they can't fathom that right now and that's a good thing but the bottom line is you're right it's very much like a severe injury because you just don't know exactly how you're going to be able to return to normal sooner rather than later yeah no doubt about that I've got some audio I'm going to get to coming up here shortly where I think there's an unintended consequence with some of the comments that are being made Um, we'll circle back to that but Steve DeSager a friend of America (laughs) who always has award-winning updates. There's a plethora of knowledge at his disposal over here. He's going to share it with us right now. You take it away, Steve. I appreciate your guys' comments on this, this segment. And, yes, we can get over this. I love what 
Mr. Chris Plank said on these airwaves on Sunday night, practice the safe habits because you're risking our football season. That's right. Maybe yeah. that football. Will, maybe that will get it through to people. You know, stop the congregating. Stop going to your face. Learn how to sneeze and cough properly. You know, all the stuff that they've been talking about. I saw a picture of a beach in Florida today that had people on it. I feel like yelling at them, you're risking our football season. <laughs> the problem was apparently part of the beach belonged to one county, which shut down the beach nobody was there but the other part of the beach belonged to a different county and they only shut the parking lot for the beach down which is what los angeles did in the last couple weeks and then they had to shut everything down because people are stupid (laughs) there (laughs) the the numbers by the way it's over two thousand people have died of this thing in our country and that number was about a thousand two three days ago so it's you know take it seriously people this is nobody's kidding as you mentioned there's no end game on this yet it's not the end of civilization we're not trying to overhype it but it's real and there's no vaccine so you know (laughs) <laughs> do do what they say. There's a reason for it. Former Gold Glove outfielder Jim Edmonds was hospitalized with symptoms of coronavirus. He's being tested. Edmonds wrote, I thought I was tough enough to get through. This virus is no joke. The father of a former Saints quarterback, Bobby Bear Sr., died today at age 81 after testing positive for coronavirus. A fourth NHL player tested positive for COVID-19. All are unidentified. This is the second Colorado Avalanche player to test positive. There are also two known cases at Ottawa, plus an announcer there. The president of the postponed Tokyo Olympics said they should be held sometime between June and September of next year. He said it's unlikely they'd be next spring because they're meant to be in summer and they could use more preparation time. The NCAA's medical advisor warned athletes not to share weights or any equipment. An iron worker at the LA Rams new site tested positive for COVID-19 according to SI. The Rams new place reportedly will still host the Super Bowl after the 2021 season. The work had continued on SoFi Stadium there which the Chargers will share, and that work is exempt from stay-at-home orders currently. A worker at the construction site of the Raiders' new stadium tested positive this week for COVID-19. No others there have felt ill, reportedly. Finishing work continues in Las Vegas with over a 1,000 workers on site, according to Fox 5 Vegas. The Ravens signed defensive lineman Derek Wolf from Denver. The Chiefs re-signed wide receiver Demarcus Robinson. A reminder, the Madden Invitational will air on FS1 tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Guys playing against each other remotely in the game, including Michael Vick, Juju Smith-Schuster, and others to help raise money for the CDC's coronavirus response efforts. And uh, taxpayer, I have a couple of questions for you as you've brought this up, Brian, though. Do you take the home office deduction or write off business travel expenses? There wasn't a whole lot of business travel. I should have played the, uh, you know, the home studio card. Absolutely. It was afterward, too, because I have an agent. And my mom hit me up afterward, and she was like, did you mention that you have an agent and they take 10% every paycheck? I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Like, <laughs> okay. These are things. A couple of it, oversights on my part, yes, absolutely. Can adjust some of the numbers. And also the big one is contributions to retirement accounts because they get deducted from your taxable income, and therefore the results, the reduced amount of the federal tax you actually owe. They allow you to contribute thousands, plural, especially if you're filing jointly for 2019. Look contribute. I, I don't need a tax guy. I've got you, Steve. It's kind of like you know the old-school poker players, how they had the visors, the hats, where it was kind of like a, a yeah, green like color on the or something couple. like that. 
Yeah, it kind of <laughs> like that's the outfit I picture you in while giving this advice. I'm just saying that the greatness of well, first off, contributing to retirement is just good for you. That's why the government wants you to do it. It's good for your future. But you can contribute to your retirement right now, even if you didn't do it in 2019. You can just have them apply it to 2019 and put that total on your taxes, and therefore it will reduce the amount you owe. Oh, I like that. See. I'm learning all kinds of stuff. Little tips from the studio for one, Brian, though. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll take everything I can get. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I'm Brian, though. He's Chris Plank. Okay, Chris, I was saying that there's an unintended consequence with some of the messages that are out there in the sports world. I'm going to take you back to when Celtics guard Marcus Smart tested positive for the coronavirus. I'm not going to fault him for what he said, but I think that it leads to a false sense of security for a lot of people when they hear comments like this. Check it out. So I just found out I tested positive for the coronavirus. I'm okay. I feel fine. Um, I don't feel any of the symptoms. Um, but I can't stress enough of practicing social distancing and really, you know, keeping yourself away from a large group of people. Right? Like, it's just a bad sales pitch. If you're trying to stress the importance of, hey, stay away from each other, this is serious. You don't preface it with, I feel good. I can't even tell I have it. And it's not a criticism, but I think for anybody who's putting the message out there of, hey, I'm okay, that's totally fine. But I think you've got to preface it differently like, hey, I'm one of the lucky ones. There have been X amount of people who have died from this. We're trying to get back to our normal lives, so please practice social distancing. That's a different message than, I'm good to go, but hey, it is serious, so take it seriously. You know what's interesting about that? Off the top of this show, I gave this warning. I said, if you're used to sports radio where two guys just yell and scream at each other and call each other idiots and morons, I don't think we're going to get to do that tonight, Brian, because I agree with you on a lot of things, and this has been one of my benchmark takes from the start of this. Did I just say benchmark takes? Is that even a thing? I like that, but yeah. it's almost as if every shot we see of someone who is telling you they have it is like they're in the lap of luxury. Sean Payton's in his living room with his dog and a pillow there. He's like, yeah, man, I got it, but uh, we're good here. And, and And I want you to be safe. I want you to be good. But it's almost as if we're not really laying out how dangerous this is. I mean, yeah. It's again, I don't want that to come off by any stretch of the imagination that I'm not happy that that Rudy Gobert has recovered or that Donovan Mitchell is okay or that Marcus Smart's going to be okay or that Sean Payton's going to be okay. That's not my point. My point is we need to focus more on the deadly ramifications and the disaster potential here because if we don't, then that group that is, oh, it's just a flu, it's just a cold, they gain more, more, more momentum because they go, well, Marcus Smart looks fine. And again, Again, I'm glad they're fine. I, I, I think for younger people, this is an easy thing to recover from if you're smart about it. But it also doesn't necessarily, I think, magnify just how dangerous and how deadly this can be. I'm not someone that's rooting for the disaster theory now, Clay. I don't want Clay Travis getting mad at me. That's not my point. I just want people to realize how dangerous this truly is. And you don't just get it and sit at home for two weeks and play with your dog. You get it and you're sicker than sick can be. Period. So I I agree with you 100% on this. Maybe we need to work a little bit on that messaging to where we feel awful that you have it and we want you to get well. But, man, Brian, it's not a vacation when you get this thing.
Yeah, and a couple of the stories that have come out recently, they seem to go against the grain, if you will. Right? Like Carl Anthony Towns, who came out and said, hey, my mom has the coronavirus. She's in bad shape. She's on a ventilator. She's in the hospital in a a self-induced coma. You know, like that? Like a a medically induced coma? Not self, but yeah. And then Bobby Hebert's dad just passed away. And it's horrible. You know, he's like, my heart is broken here. Those type of stories, it's Kind of like the, oh, wow, yeah, this is a serious thing in the minds right. of a lot of people. It's like, yeah, it is. And I think it's one of these, it's a it's a very selfish pandemic, if you will, because there are a lot of people that will be just fine even if they have it. There are people that won't even know that they have it <laughs> if they're healthy and younger and another a number of things. And so they're just thinking of themselves. I think you have to speak the selfish language to someone who's selfish, because they don't think, hey, I could be a carrier and someone might get this and not survive. They don't think like that. They think of themselves. So it's like, if you want to get back to your normal way of life, then you need to practice social distancing so you then can do the things that you want to do. Until then, it's not going to happen. No, you're, you're 100% right. And you're, I'm a pretty selfish dude. I mean, I won't lie to you. I sit around. I'm like, where's my where's my basketball? Where's my uh-huh. where's my baseball opening day this week? But then I also realize, man, I want to be able. I got a trip to Disney World scheduled in June that I've saved for years to be able to take my kids on. Years, Brian. Am I going to be able to do that? You know, I don't know. Yeah. We we we've debated whether or not we need to cancel it. I'm. It, it, are we going to get football next year? I hope so. I'm a firm believer we will. I think we're going to get the message, but. Yeah, I think sometimes when it's like, oh, I got it, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm just sitting here at home for two weeks, I think we need to make sure that we brought that message to lay out like Carl Anthony Towns did, and hopefully things are going well with his mom. You know, they had a story, who was it, the former Buccaneers running back, Michael Pittman, who lost his uncle whenever it came out for thoughts and prayers. So I think we need to understand and focus more on the the healing for those who have been affected in that nature as well, because this is... And this is a beast right now. You just don't shut the world down because you're trying to do something political. At least I hope not. Yeah. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, the GOAT makes a statement, (laughs) but is it true? I'm Brian No. He's Chris Plank. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No. He's Chris Plank here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you from the Geico Studios. In a couple of minutes, I want an explanation about Tiger King. I have no idea what this is about, Chris. Oh, really? You haven't watched yet? Yeah, no, nothing. Okay. No, nothing. So I want your in-depth knowledge on the subject here shortly. But I want to get your thoughts on this first. Tom Brady, now with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he says his main motivation is love of the sport. And I I saw that and I'm like, "Eh, I I can't buy that. (laughs) I can't buy that. Now, I'm not disputing that he loves football, but he's one of the fiercest competitors in sports history. That's not hyperbole. He has so many critics saying he's old, he's washed up, he's over the hill. Why is he in Tampa? It's ego. All of this stuff. Any competitor would want to prove those people wrong. And I think that's the type of stuff that he feeds off of. And I think that's the main motivation to continuing to play And if he's grinding and he's trying to get a sense of the playbook and when we're back to practicing and making sure he has all the terminology and he's got the chemistry with his receivers and all of that, I don't think all of that is aimed at, I just love the sport. I just have so much love for football. I think that's aimed at, I want to win. And for anybody who says, I'm not going to win, 
I want to show them that they're wrong. I think that's his main motivation. Revenge, right? I, I, I guess revenge wouldn't be a fair way to put it. But just to, to say, hey, I'm not over the hill. I'm not done. Uh, this isn't a situation where I can't win without Belichick. Yeah, I, I think I think to, to, to prove some of the doubters wrong. Here's what's been funny to me in all of this, Brian. And um, I, I again... I don't know how well this is going to work. I'm very intrigued by it. I can't wait to – I hope we get into the preseason. Doubt he'll play much, but he's going to have to because he's got to immerse himself in what's going to be, as Bruce Arians described it, a a meet-in-the-middle offensive system for the Buccaneers. But I, I think I, I'm most intrigued how suddenly – those who said Tom Brady was done and, and how he can't, he's finished, he suddenly signs with the Buccaneers and it's the greatest move ever. I, I guess that, that for me is what's perplexed me in this, in that, well, outside of our boy Rob Parker, who, I mean, Tom Brady is the worst thing I think ever in the history of mankind. But there is this faction that suddenly, oh, the Patriots, Patriots are, they're, they're not going to win with Brady anymore because he's older. Then suddenly they move on from him and it's like, oh, what are they doing? Now Tampa Bay is going to win the NFC South, and everyone wants to go play there when their only signing since he signed was the re-signing of Indomitian Sue. So I guess for me, Brian, I don't understand. I don't know if I can question his motivation. I'll leave that to you. I don't know. I think it is to kind of show people, hey, I can still do this. I'm more intrigued by those who suddenly look at this and say, damn, that's a really good move, man. If I could go get Tom Brady right now at 42, I'd go do it. Because those people didn't seem to be out there around week 15, 16, or 17 last year. Yeah, I look at it like this, where Julian Edelman, when it was the 2018 AFC title game, where the Patriots beat the Chiefs in a classic Great game. There was some mic'd up footage of Julian Edelman saying this. You're too f-ing old. You're too old. He's saying that to Brady because he eats that <laughs> he's, stuff he's up. it up, yeah. He's not saying, you don't love football, <laughs> right? And Brady's Brady look at him like, that's just dumb. Of course I love football. But if he's like, you're too old, he's like, oh, okay, all right, yeah. That's motivating for someone to think that you can't do it anymore. I think that's the main motivation. But I'm not disputing that he loves the sport. Of course he does. But when he's grinding, getting prepared, trying to win, I think it's because of the doubters. I think it's because of the critics. Everybody loves a challenge. I mean, really, the guy has six Super Bowl rings. He could just fade off into the distance if he wanted to. He's but with the naysayers being out there, I think that's very motivating. To be able to say, I can still do this. Um, doubt me as you have tried to over the last couple of years. Go ahead and pass that torch on to this next generation. In other words, you're saying he's putting his foot in the ground and saying, ah, 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 he's got his little pencil out. He's on the set of game day. He's going not so fast. Yeah. He's saying, look at me. I can still do this. And give me some weapons. Give me Mike Evans. Give me Chris Goodwin. Give me... I don't really know who they're going with at running back at Tampa right now, but give me OJ Howard and I'll show you that I can still get it done. So I, I like that, Brian. I kind of like looking that as, as a motivation for Tom Brady. And while I'll continue to be more fascinated by how he suddenly went from being over the hill to elite, he's always been elite in some people's minds. I am intrigued to, to try to get inside that mind and understand exactly what is it that still drives this guy? What still motivates him? You know, what's crazy is Jared Stidham might be the, the starter for the Patriots. Can you see the Patriots winning the Super Bowl this year with Jared Stidham? Like, I mean, I can't, but again, I think the I Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl every year. I'm an idiot, so right. I mean, what? <laughs> but my point is, that's what Tom Brady did. 
Yeah. Tom Brady true. was in the first year as, as being a starter with very limited time the year before. He was one for three in his rookie season. Jared Stidham was Good two point. for four. Like, it, I can't imagine Stidham winning it all. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, could a very different type of contract ever be the norm? When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with G Young Yu. G Young stars as co-lead in the sixth part limited series expats i think i learn a little bit with every character that i play i think usually i play a character and it causes enough introspection that i learn something about myself i honestly can't gush enough about freaky tales i'm so excited to share it with more people if you like what you hear be sure to review like and subscribe to the scene to scene podcast what's up i'm john wall and i'm cj toledano and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called point game Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'll tell you what, Chris Blank, show is flying by, my friend. Very fast. I can't believe we're two hours into this. Feels like 15 minutes. It's a good I've got sign. a lot to get to. i got a lot to get to because, you know, I've got to go sit in my living room and watch a Disney movie. So, uh, yeah, a <laughs> lot to get to, Brian. Let's hustle. How old are your kids? Eight, oh, hold on. How old are they? Uh, six and 11 and 16. I spaced them all five years apart because I'm an idiot. <laughs> okay, 6, 11, and 16. Yeah. So you're getting yeah. a steady dose of old school Disney movies. Do you have a old go-to? S- oh, I, I love. I don't care what anybody thinks of me. I love The Little Mermaid. I will say that yeah. proudly. One of the greatest movies ever. When when I came in to do the show tonight, they were watching Toy Story, so that's always a go-to. You know what, though? In a rather brilliant piece of parenting, I thought, hey – Maybe we should watch Star Wars. So we've uh, we've watched six episodes. We've gone through the first six, I guess, uh, episodes of the Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. 
So I feel like some good parenting there. But usually the go-to has been, get this, Lizzie McGuire. Oh, so we've wow. been watching like old Lizzie McGuire episodes. I'm... I'm I'm just I'm ready for this to be over, man. I need yeah. my sports back soon. I need my sports back soon. That's for sure. It's rough because I'm sure you had the card to play of, hey, daddy needs to work. Oh, I have to watch work. the sporting event. You don't have that card to play right now. That doesn't work, man. It it, it sounds good and all, but there there my both of my kids, all three of my kids, and my son lives in Tulsa. My, are smart enough to know, yeah, Dad, it's okay. You can watch it online. You just get your phone out and watch it online. We'll oh, take man. the TV here. So I'm very much I'm very much a second, third, maybe fourth on the depth chart. Because in my day, back in my day, when uh-huh. I was watching TV, if my dad came in, I gave up the remote. It's like, here, Dad, all right, whatever you want to watch. Oh, yeah. That doesn't exist anymore, man. It doesn't no. exist in the real world. Wow. Interesting. All right, either kids have gotten bolder or dads have gotten softer. I, I think it's it? me getting softer, okay. um, but I'll accept it. I'll accept <laughs> it if it keeps them from fighting and crying. Okay, I'm going to get the Tiger King breakdown here, but a couple of things first that I want to get to with you. Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, they have resumed contract negotiations. The interesting part of this, the Cowboys want a five-year deal. Dak wants a four-year deal. So Dak doesn't want as many years, so he can get back into like he could get another contract that's worth a lot of money. So this is the interesting part to me, Chris, is if you play this thing out, if there Dak wouldn't be the example, but if it's a quarterback say like Patrick Mahomes, are we ever going to see contracts in sports, long-term deals that rival the franchise tag? Because the franchise tag is an average of the top paid players at a specific position. Could a player like Patrick Mahomes say, I want to at least average top five quarterback money every year of this deal instead of, all right, it's a four-year deal for X amount of money each year. He could do the franchise tag, but basically over a long haul. I just wonder if we're going to get to a stage where think of Kirk Cousins. He had a contract that was fully guaranteed. That was different than the norm. Are we going to see a really valuable player command a contract that is structured differently than the norm. First of all, with Patrick Mahomes, I think you just like give him the stadium, give him Kansas City, do whatever he wants. I mean, you give him a blank contract and you write starting with a B. It's like, here's your billion-dollar contract, Patrick Mahomes. Take it. So, yeah, I think we are. But let me pose this to you. Why do people hate Dak Prescott? I mean – and again, I understand he hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. They, they, they've been maybe about where they were before, but this this sudden debate that he's not worth the going market for an NFL quarterback, it kind of blows my mind. I mean, I'm not real big on Pro Bowls. I, I don't care, but he's been there twice. You know, he was the rookie of the year what in 16. And he should be one of those stories that we embrace and we dig. No one really thought that he was going to end up being a franchise quarterback coming out of college. I mean, we he somehow had Mississippi State as the number one team in the first ever playoff ranking, but he wasn't drafted until the fourth round. So wh- why do you think in this time whenever, you know, guys like Matt, Matt Stafford's never won a quarterback, uh, never won a playoff game, right? But mm-hmm. we don't question too much that he's the guy in Detroit. Why, why is he so questioned in, in, in Dallas? Why does it seem to be such a negative connotation on where he wouldn't be worth a contract like that? That's what I, I don't get. Yeah, I think there are a couple of reasons for it. First off, let's establish that Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. 
I'm not Agreed. saying like he stinks and he's below average. He's a good quarterback. But how it differs is we've gotten our taste of Dak when Ezekiel Elliott was suspended. And I think Dak's numbers were like five touchdowns, seven picks around that time. He didn't do anything. And for half the season before they traded for Amari Cooper, his numbers were very pedestrian. So that's the, the worry is when you're paying Dak Prescott a boatload of money, compare him to, say, Russell Wilson. The Seahawks have had to skimp with their offensive line for years. They've had to skimp in areas because they're paying uh, Russ superstar money, which is what he should be getting paid. But right. he can right the wrongs of the roster a lot better than Dak Prescott can. And I also think it's just it's the Cowboys' microscope. You're right if you compare him to Jared Goff or you compare him to Matt Stafford or some of these dudes. It's just not the same microscope. I don't think it's as much a black-white thing. If Matthew Stafford was the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, he would be scrutinized the way that Dak Prescott is scrutinized. It's just a different deal comparing the Cowboys to the Lions. Yeah, I I also think it's fast. You're you're right. I think it's also fascinating, too, though, Brian, and I I bring up this point a lot on Sunday nights with Arnie here on Fox Sports Radio. How many – team's fan bases would you look at and say they give their quarterback an overall approval rating if you were to say unanimous approval it'd be very very small I think but how many NFL fans look and go oh yeah that's my guy usually it's split right there's well and I'm a Raiders fan so there's that that group of us that seems to be dwindling by the second I think Derek Carr's the guy and then there's this other group that's like no no, he threw it away on fourth down in week seven of 2019. He sucks. You know, it's just, it's amazing how you have such a split allegiances as a quarterback. And I look at Dak Prescott and I say, ah, oh, I wouldn't mind that being my quarterback. And then people look at the number and they stop and they pause and they don't realize that's the going rate. Kirk Cousins gets $33 million a year. Carson Wentz, who has not won a playoff game as a starter, gets $32 million a year. You know, it's just... This is the going rate anymore for a quarterback. And I think you're right. I think we're going to see, and maybe Mahomes will be the start. Maybe Prescott gets that deal to where they say, all right, no more of just getting that franchise tag type money in one season. I want it through the life of my contract. And I think it's, I think we're getting there sooner rather than later, especially with transcendent stars coming up for deals like a Patrick Mahomes. He's Chris Plank. I'm Brian No. We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I wanted to switch gears on you for a second because today is the 28-year anniversary of the shot. Christian Leitner hit the shot against Kentucky at the buzzer. And, of course, the Grant Hill football-like pass to Christian Leitner who hits the turnaround jumper. And I, It's crazy that it was 28 years ago first. It's crazy that there's no NCAA tournament because of a pandemic going on. I would actually flip-flop the order on that one. But but isn't that wild that both of those things are in existence right now? It blows my mind that we're here 28 years later saying that was 28 years ago. It seems like it was like maybe 15, maybe 28 is crazy. And now we have no NCAA tournament due to the coronavirus. It's crazy times you know, it, we live in right now. It, it's kind of funny, Brian, because I'll I'll sit here and I'll watch a game. Like, for instance, that, that 98 game. And I'll think to myself, ah, that's just a couple years ago. And then you realize yeah. people look at that game in 2020. Like, I would look at things from the late 60s, early 70s, and 1990. 
Yep. You know, that's that's how long ago that truly was. But yeah, it's 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 kind of wild. And then I <laughs> I also laugh too because anymore with HD where it is and 4K. Oh, I know. Is <laughs> you look back on those games and it makes it look like it was shot in the dark ages. I mean, yeah. I can remember fighting with my father-in-law about HD making a big difference over standard definition. He's like, "No, it's not that big of a difference." Now it's almost as if it was shot on another planet. I know it, and it's funny too because I, I was getting ready for the show and I had NFL Network on. And it's just a football life marathon. And I had to change the channel just because it's storytelling and it's so interesting. I can't help but pay attention. I got work to do, so I flipped it over to a baseball game. I flipped it over to 1986 game between the Astros and the Mets. And the funny thing is when they do it on with NBA old school games, they'd show the score every now and then. After each bucket, they might show the score and then they'd take it off the screen. For those baseball games... They don't have the score at all, except going to commercial, coming back Dude. from commercial. So if you're in the middle of an inning, you have no idea what's happening if you're watching a throwback game. Yeah, and it's kind of funny, too. It shows you how maybe we take technology for granted is I pulled up. Oh, gosh. What did I fall down? I fell down a YouTube black hole yesterday of like a top 10 moment is like the top 10 quarterback duels of all time. One of those old NFL network shows that have number 10. And then it all uh -huh. of a sudden it'd go into the matchup. And I ended up pulling up like the 1983 AFC championship game between the Seahawks and the Raiders. And I thought to myself, huh, I, I don't think I've watched a game from the eighties in quite a while. And it's, you don't, you never know what's going on and it's not the broadcaster's fault. You're just so spoiled and okay, well, what happened in the other game? What happened in that Redskins NFC championship game or who's on the field right now? What's the score? It's crazy, man. Whenever you think about how much the technological side is taken and maybe, I don't know, listen, I'm not going to get too carried away and say, we're suddenly taking everything for granted because I've been on social media to know long enough to know that as soon as we get back, everyone's going to grinch and moan about everything. But yeah, yeah it's, it's kind of wild to see how much TV and the way that it's covered has changed the way we watch games. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It has, by the way, we got a quick minute here. Oh, I've been teasing ahead. this for a while. What the heck is tiger King? Guys. Hey, I hear everybody talking about this thing. Do you want the short version or the long version? <laughs> I, I, um, how about a hybrid? How about in the middle of short and long? I want enough meat on the bone so I, I gain some knowledge here, but I don't need like the history, the bio of the guy, what's to come the next season. I don't need every little detail here. Well, there's not going to be another season. So okay. this is going to be a, a one-shot deal based on Is that on why it's so popular? I think it's so popular because he's such a, an intriguing figure. And we're talking about Joe Exotic. And if you haven't watched Tiger King yet, it's on Netflix. It's one of the top trending docu-series or however you want to term it on Netflix right now. And in a lot of ways, for there's two different types of Oklahomans. There's those who want to separate and be like, that's not my Oklahoma. And there's people like me that say, this is my Oklahoma. Hell yeah, <laughs> people like this. They uh -huh. added the flavor of what this state is all about. But it's kind of funny. Because basically, Tiger King is a look at a lot of different big cat exotic pet farms. And the star of it becomes Joe Exotic, this dude in Winniewood, Oklahoma, 
who has this big cat park and he had done the whole take the traveling tour, take him to malls, have the petting zoo. And, and then in this, you meet all these other figures. There's Doc Antle in South, uh, South Carolina. There's some dude who was basically Scarface in Florida that has a, has, has his own place too. I'm not kidding. And then there's, there's Carol Baskin, who I don't know how she's been labeled as the person who's doing the right thing, but somehow she's become the person that has been shutting all these places down in the name of animal rights. When Brian, she has a big cat park of her own. Oh, so no. this whole this whole story is basically Joe Exotic versus Carol Baskin. He and his crazy tigers. He's he's in he, he's and I say this with love. He's insane. Don't know if it's certifiable, but he's insane. He thinks he's a country music singer. He's married to two dudes and he's got tigers everywhere and he's in the middle of Oklahoma. So you add that with a little battle with a woman who we think may have killed her ex-husband and you get this just crazy battle back and forth between two people who are kind of doing the same thing. But one person somehow has been able to tell people that she's doing it for the right reasons and everyone's buying in. So it's fascinating. Now, I I will say I saw this and and I'm trying to give you the abridged version of it here. There's a podcast that goes with this called Over My Dead Body. It's a body. It's a Wondery podcast. It's fantastic. And it focuses just on Joe Exotic. And if you if you get a chance and you've watched the, the Netflix docuseries, it is well worth your time to listen to it. It's available on the iHeartRadio podcast app. Just simply search um, Over My Dead Body. But let me tell you something. This thing is as – and I don't know why it's blown up. Maybe it's because we're all sitting at home. This thing is better than any reality TV show that I think you could ever watch. It's better than any Bachelor or Bachelorette or, or any of this other crap that we uh, infuse in our brain because this is real life, and these are real people. And half the time, I find myself sitting watching it, Brian, going, oh, my gosh, this is a real person. This is somebody who actually breathes. This is someone who actually exists, and this is the way that they think. So I, do yourself a favor. At the very least, watch the first couple of episodes. Maybe okay. you bail out by then. But I think you're going to find yourself glued because in what you think you come for Crazy Joe Exotic, you realize there's about five to six different tentacles on this story that make it well worth your viewing pleasure. And, oh, by the way, it's right smack dab in the middle of Winniewood, Oklahoma. Let's go. You're going to love nice. it, man. I, I think okay. you'll dig it. I appreciate the uh... – the recommendation and the backdrop for this thing. So, yeah, okay, Joe Exotic. I'm in. I'll check it now, out. Now, again, I don't trust tigers. I don't know how anyone can. I mean, these are, this is like nightmare fuel to me. I, can you imagine, like, a tiger walking around your house? I don't get it. It's like, oh, hey, yeah. there's, there's Tom the tiger who would eat me if he could, but yet these people treat him like they're their – house pets so wow it's not your feel for me but it's well worth your time it's got so many different angles and i'll tell you what um one of my coworkers, who's probably listening right now, one of my coworkers, I know we're going long. I'm sorry, but one of my coworkers, you, you just got worked up. You're you're off. Well, and you got going me all now. fired up. Yeah. All right, because what, what's it with the coworker? The coworker, Jacob Potter, runs Sooner Vision. He 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 went there all the time when he was a little kid, and we were talking about it, and he said to me, 
I feel so awful that I ever told people to go to that place whenever I was a little kid. So that kind of gives you the idea of how it can even turn the most ardent fans of kind of Big Cat Rescue and things like that. So check it out, Brian. It's well worth your time because I know we're not watching any games right now. I know. It's crazy. All right, coming up next from the Geico Studios, the ultimate traffic jam. And also Deshaun Watson's passive aggressive ways. It actually, it leads to an idea I have. For sports radio. I'll tell you about that. I'm Brian No, He's Chris Plank. This is Fox Sports Radio. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'm Brian No, He is Chris Plank here on Fox Sports Radio. We're coming to you from the Geico Studios. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year automatically. And it's even more amazing because Discover is accepted at over 95% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. Nielsen Report limitations apply. All right, so I got a comparison here, Chris Plank. I like to Go come ahead. up with comparisons, analogies every now and then. I think that the sports world right now, it's just like a major traffic jam. If you're driving on a major highway and there's a, a big-time crash and traffic just gets stopped, like the longer there's a stop, the more layers and layers and layers of traffic are impacted. 
That's exactly where we are in the sports world right now. And you look at some of these layers, baseball, they're talking about when they get back to playing games, maybe playing seven-inning double headers. <laughs> and those type of deals, like think about college basketball where some of these college coaches, they don't know how to shape their rosters because they don't know which underclassmen are going to the NBA and who's staying. And all of the sports world stuff is currently on hold, but the traffic jam is just getting more and more and more backed up. That's where we're at. And then people are getting mad if you bring up a way to to, to maybe try to fix it once you get out of the jam. All right, well, listen, uh, we're in this traffic jam right now, but when we get out, we got to cut like two hours off our drive. So what if we did this? No, how dare you mess with the sanctity of our drive? I, I saw people getting mad about that theory on seven inning games and double headers, and I thought to myself, are you people crazy? We don't have baseball right now. Why don't we get it back? And then if they decide to play seven inning games, I mean, all I've heard is how I can't wait. When sports gets back, I'm going to embrace it more than I ever have before. And then the first thing you want to do is complain if we have to do things differently. Because, Brian, to your analogy, if if we're stuck in this traffic jam, the only way that we're going to get out of it to get our full drive and to kind of get through this mess is to compromise in some way, shape, mm -hmm. or form. You know, it's listen. I I mean I. I don't have any problem with cutting games back to seven innings or maybe playing some some doubleheaders or a lot of doubleheaders. I think it could be good. I think it could be fun. There's going to have to be sacrifices made. There's going to have to be compromises made because you're not going to get your full meal deal, if you will. It's just not, it's not reality right now. Yeah. And look, I hope that there's some sort of solution or some return to normal with uh, you know, the pandemic getting beyond it that's first and foremost just quality of lives and people to be safe and healthy and all of that stuff but as it impacts the sports world I hope if the NBA postseason can be realized if the MLB postseason can be played I just hope that the postseason format isn't so dramatically different from the norm that whoever wins a championship, it's as if they didn't win a championship. It's not recognized as one. You know what I mean? I just hope if Giannis wins his first ring or LeBron right. wins another ring that people don't say that, that doesn't really count. You played like best of three series or something like that. That would be really unfortunate. Oh, I mean, we're, but we're we're in a society where there's people that look back now and see some of those titles that the, who was it, the Rockets won. Like, well, Michael Jordan. Wasn't yeah. in the league, so they don't really count. Or Phil yeah. Jackson wasn't there. So, you, I mean, Brian, come on, man. You know that's going to happen. That's going to be the lifeline of people we probably work with and their takes because <laughs> they're going to look back on a team that wins a title because maybe they got rested. Maybe they got a few guys back. I, I love that Brooklyn Nets theory, which isn't reality. But, oh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are going to be back. I mean, it, it sounds fun no. and all. Yeah, but it's, it's just happening. that you know that's going to happen, man. People are going to find a way once we finally get everything back where they're still going to grinch and complain about how we end up finding a way to decide who's our who, who's our champion. And I'll, and I'll agree. With you. I agree with you a bazillion percent, man. I don't want to see the fabric of the postseason turned into uh, who was it? Was it Spencer Dinwiddie that had the idea of everyone yeah. makes the playoffs and you turn it into a tournament? I don't want that. But I, there's going to have to be some sacrifices made. Yeah, there absolutely will be. And there, this is the the time for all of these discussions about what's the postseason format going to look like. I hated the Spencer Dinwiddie idea, which was <laughs> essentially the top 
seeds in each con in each conference, the Lakers and the Bucks most likely. They get a buy one game playoff for everybody else. And it's like, right. why are the Knicks and the Hawks <laughs> invited to the playoffs exactly? Like, I hate that idea. But I, to your point, Chris, you have to be open-minded to a degree. Now the other Agreed. discussions are what happens with the eight seed. If you look at the West, there are some suggestions of instead of the Grizzlies getting it, if there's a condensed end to the regular season, we'll have – a best of three between the Grizzlies and the 11 seed right now. And then you have a best of three with the nine and the 10. And then the two winners, they play for a best of three. Then there's your eight seed. There's all sorts of those ideas right now. Well, we got to find a way to get your trailblazers in there, Brian, right? Yeah. We got to give you something to talk about on your local <laughs> show throughout the week in some way, shape or form. But right right now, I, I'm just, I, I, I'm not trying to make light of anything I just want to get back to playing sports. Yeah, yeah. And then when, when we get back to it, th- then maybe I can find enough of uh, of the gumption to complain about something. I, I will say this. The, the people that are just always so depressed right now whenever they're supposed to be coming on here to bring us some energy, those are the people that make me mad. The people that then make me mad are the people that are like, oh, we can't do that. Well, no, no, no. We, we, we can do that whenever it comes to certain playoff situations and playoff settings. But we do have to keep in mind that it's not suddenly going to become a circus. We're not suddenly yeah. going to turn this into whatever. And, and again, with the sport that already had part of a regular season, the NBA being the, the major example here, we can't just avoid and ignore everything that happened before what March 16th, March 15th, when this all went down. Right. And you have to look at what's the lesser of two evils. I'll hear Charles Barkley, who is awesome at what he does, but he's like, it's impossible to play games without fans. It's like, no, it's very possible possible. and very likely that that will be what happens if it's safe enough to do so, because it's better than not playing games at all. So that's that's better than than, uh, you know, it's better to have no fans there than have no basketball whatsoever on your TV. One other thing I'll say this before we get to Steve DeSager, Chris, is this is Ennis Cantor, former Blazer, by the way, now with uh, um, with Boston. He was a guest on The Odd Couple, and he shared these thoughts. Check it out. If we jump straight to the playoffs and we haven't, we haven't done anything for like one or two months, people are going to get hurt. I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not talking about like spraying echo. I'm talking about like big time right. hurt. I, that's true, but I, this is the way it's going to go, Chris. Any injury is going to be blamed on the pandemic. <laughs> like, like Steph Curry, how he broke his hand. When Aaron Baines fell on him, right. it's going to be uh, it's because of coronavirus. Uh, pandemic. He wouldn't have gotten hurt unless the layoff. <laughs> Every what, injury what, is going to be chalked up to that. Guaranteed. What, 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 what is – does Canada just think people aren't doing anything in, in athletics? <laughs> Are they not exercising? Oh, come on, man. Get out of here with that garbage. Yep. And, and, and you're right. Every injury that would ever happen would be blamed on, well, they haven't played in a couple of weeks. I like what LeBron said. Give me five games. I'll be ready to go for the playoffs. S- stop it. I mean, we're – listen, let's get back to sports, and then we can kind of have this, this debate about what it should look like and how it should formulate. But people aren't going to suddenly have their legs falling off because <laughs> we get into competitive basketball right away. Get out of here with that garbage in a scanner. My yeah. goodness. I, I think there's some truth to it. I think some guys will get injured because they're not used to the normal flow of things, but it, it'd be like the beginning of an actual NBA season. Do you just have injuries galore because Thank it's you. the beginning no. of the season and they're not used you to don't. it? No. 
Yeah. Give, no, give them time to get not. back in shape. Give them their little mini camp. Yeah. They're going to be fine. My gosh. Absolutely. No doubt. All right. We've got a friend of America, Steve DeSager. You've been very opinionated tonight, Steve DeSager. I like I liked that. It. There Interrupted. are opinions to be had. I'm glad you mentioned the thing about the injuries because it reminded me when Carl Malone, late in his Hall of Fame career, went to the Lakers and before midseason, he tore an MCL and people said, ah, see, he's old. No, he hurt his knee because somebody fell on his knee in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Let's open our eyes here. And Chris, you mentioned the Houston Rockets titles. I'm glad you did because it was just tonight the NBA replayed a 1995 Michael Jordan game. He scored 55 nice. against the Knicks. Reminding everybody that Michael Jordan did actually play in the playoffs of 1995, got eliminated by Orlando. Oh. And then who swept Orlando oh. in the finals? The Houston Rockets. The Rockets. That title counts, people. It absolutely Man. counts. So many layers, Steve. First off, the double nickel game. What was it? A pass to Bill Wennington? When, <laughs> yes. Somebody Jordan referred to it as the Wennington game tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like and, and then, and then the ex Bull Horace Grant. I will never forget this as a Bulls fan. Horace Grant, a member of the Orlando Magic, getting carried off the court on the shoulders of his teammates after they beat the Bulls with Jordan coming back. Oh, that was a. That was right to my heart. Luke Longley airballed a layup. I've never seen that happen before. Luke did it in that series. And for baseball with a shortened season, which if we have baseball, of course it'll be a shortened season, I don't think the World Series title will have an asterisk for that reason. And I've thought about that this past week because the Dodgers' 1981 title is not at all thought of that way, and they only played 110 games that year. It was a strike-shortened season. Summer of 1991 was the previous record in this country of no None of the four sports going on about two months worth because of the strike included and the others were off. Now I think we're going to be breaking that record. We do have other items to pass along as the New York Knicks in the past hour have tweeted out that Jim Dolan has tested positive for coronavirus. He is CEO of the team, chief executive chairman of the Madison Square Garden Company. The Knicks say Dolan has been in self-isolation and is experiencing little to no symptoms. He continues to oversee business operations. Already one meeting Media member tweeted, so if he's experiencing little to no symptoms, how and why was he tested? But I guess that's for another show. Mm. I do hope <laughs> that as people hear this, what's the obvious reaction? I mean, he's the most hated owner oh, in the NBA. It. And I hope they don't go there. Don't it's go there. Exactly. Don't go there. Yep. Don't, it's, it's a medical thing. Don't go there. Yeah. Former Gold Glove outfielder Jim Edmonds was hospitalized with symptoms of coronavirus. He's being tested. He was a career 284 hitter and superb defense in center field. Jim Edmonds won eight Gold Gloves in a nine-year span through 2005. A reminder, Fox TV will air a different Super Bowl every Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m., starting tomorrow with Patriots-Falcons. The Madden Invitational will air tomorrow night on FS1, 7 p.m. Eastern time, with, yes, guys playing the game Remotely against each other, including Michael Vick, Matt Leinert, and others helping raise money for the CDC's coronavirus response efforts. The Baltimore Ravens signed defensive lineman Derek Wolf from Denver, and also a DePaul Jr. Paul Reed declared for the NBA draft. He averaged 15 points, 11 rebounds per game. And repeating the SI story tonight that an iron worker at the L.A. Rams news site tested positive for COVID-19. You know, a fourth NHL player tested positive for COVID-19. All are unidentified players, but the L.A. Times says all four played in L.A. against the Kings in the final day before the season was suspended. Back to you. Man craziness thank you steve desager we're coming to you live from the geico fox sports radio studios it's easy to save 15 percent or more on car insurance with geico 
Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. There are some headlines that Steve will say in his update, and I'll just brace for impact. You know, when it's James Dolan, team owner of the Knicks, who's tested positive for coronavirus, I just, I'm, I'm like, if there's a, a, a game that has like a, it's a clutch moment in the game, like it's a, it's a very, I don't know, like you can cut the tension with a knife and you'll see some of those fans watching the game through their fingers while they cover their face. That's kind of how I'm looking at my Twitter feed with the news of James Dolan testing positive. You know there are some bent Knicks fans oh. that are on the verge of typing, like, good, good, just don't go there, don't man. Don't do it. You're actually, do you're rooting against yourself and society getting past this whole pandemic if you're taking any sort of joy in James Dolan testing positive. That would just be the dumbest thing ever. Take Arnie's Twitter feed away from him right now. As a suffering Knicks fan, just take it away from him. You're serious. I mean, we're being dead serious, though, and joking about Arnie, by the way. I I know because everyone's taking everything so literal right now. It was a joke, Arnie. Don't get mad. But you're right. This this isn't the time to go, go ahead. Yeah, take that, yeah. James Dolan. No, 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 not not by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, it. We're watching, we're watching people that are going to affect our football season. People, let's yeah. be smart. Let's not be angry. Let's not be evil. Let's completely understand that we just hope that he gets well because this is, and we don't know, especially someone his age, it can have scary repercussions. Oh, Brian, totally, absolutely. You don't want to be that guy that fires off a tweet. Right. Taking any sort of joy and heaven forbid James Dolan passes away and your tweet is still online. You think that's a good look? You think that's kind? No, don't don't be an idiot. Uh, On a much lighter note, I read this, that Walmart has seen a surge in people buying new shirts, but no one seems to be buying new pants. And so the reason is, the theory is, many people are working from home. And if there is any sort of, you know, you're on a conference call or you're on zoom or you're doing your show and it happens to be on one of those apps that you're putting on a presentable shirt, but you've got your comfy pants on. So there's a shortage of people buying pants right now. And that Hmm. seems to be a theory that makes a lot of sense, right? I I will say my showering has dropped rather regularly. (laughs) Um, Uh (laughs) I'm usually in every day, every morning. First thing I do when I get up is shower, but now I get up early my wife's still in bed. I don't want to wake her up by getting uh-huh. in the shower, right? I don't want to wake the kids up. So, you know, I'll kind of sit around, and, and, and then when they wake up, we're not going anywhere. So, I mean, I, I'm i still putting pants. I mean, you still put pants on. I mean, even if it's – I'm wearing a pair of, like, cloth shorts right now or if it's running pants or whatever. I mean, you still put pants on, but – Showering might be the thing. I would be concerned about soap companies more than I would pant companies during this time, right? Maybe more worried about Dial and Coast than I am right now about, say, Lee Jeans. Is that fair? Yeah, that's fair. And I share that same thing with you because I've been in the routine. I'll get up. I'll shower. I'll go to work without having to go to work. I'm like, yeah, I could shower after the show. And then it's like, ah, I don't want to shower before the workout. I'll shower yeah. shower after the workout. Eh, I'll work out tomorrow. Right. Eh, I'll shower tomorrow also. And 
<laughs> the days start to accumulate over there. I don't think I've showered for like seven days in a row. No, that's not true. That's no, well, I will be on. I, I reached the point on Friday. So uh, we do TV. We have a TV show on Tuesdays that I do for, for Oklahoma, for OU. And we're doing it now for my home. So you shower for the Tuesday TV show, right? <laughs> Yesterday, whenever I finished up my local show, I realized, oh, my gosh, I haven't showered since my TV show on Tuesday. So that's <laughs> probably problematic. Would you not say if you're going Wednesday, Thursday, the very two and a half days without a shower? That's not good. That's not well, good. Not good. But I could see a spike when it comes to deodorant. Because <laughs> if you don't shower, you use extra deodorant. <laughs> And so they could see a spike upward. Yeah. Uh, that's that that's a very good point. And not the natural deodorant because that stuff doesn't work, but the no. regular deodorant. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, I don't know why they have natural deodorant. I don't see how that even sells. Why? You're, you're not. Well, because you have people like my wife who buy everything that they see on Facebook. So, uh, uh-huh. I'm, you know, I'm going to start a new segment. <laughs> things I can't do anymore because of things my wife read on Facebook or stuff okay. my family doesn't have yeah. anymore because of things my wife read on Facebook. Like we don't have laundry detergent anymore. So, yeah, that's I've got a new segment for us in the future if we get to do this. Part. Gotcha. OK, so building off of that, coming up next from the Geico Studios. Deshaun Watson, his cryptic, passive-aggressive tweets. They have planted a seed in my brain here, Chris. I've got a suggestion for a potential new sports radio segment. So we'll have that for you right around the corner. I'm Brian No, He is Chris Plank. This is Fox Sports Radio. I'm Brian No, He is Chris Plank. Here on Fox Sports Radio, we're coming to you from the Geico Studios. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. Fortunately... Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and auto insurance. It's a good thing, too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. Geico.com, easy. Arnie Spanier, Aaron Torres at the top of the hour. Plenty of stuff to talk about in the sports world. You know, Chris, I I can't say I'm surprised or, like, stunned or something like that, but there, there are a lot of things to talk about without games going on. So I don't I'm not one of these guys that's like, there's nothing to talk about. I don't think you're creative, first and foremost. But two beyond that, I think there are a lot of things to talk about in sports right now. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, we're eventually going to get to this point where where people stop making lists and kind of look around and realize, oh, I don't need to lay out the top 10 third quarter comebacks with two minutes left in a game. (laughs) In NBA history, I can talk about what's going on in the National Football League and what the future might look like for eligibility of these college athletes now that lost their seasons. Man, I and again, I think we would. March Madness is very unique, and it's heartbreaking that it's not happening. But Brian, we'd be probably talking about Tom Brady to Tampa still more than anything else, oh, and the NFL playoffs it. more than yeah. anything else. So we're pretty fortunate in that we've had quite a few big time things still go on. Could be worse. NFL could have pushed back free agency. They could have canceled the yep. draft, and then we're then we'd really have something to complain about. Yeah, we really from a topic would. perspective. Yeah, and I don't. By the way, with the NFL draft and all of that free agency. I look at that as a good distraction from the pandemic. Yeah, man. I don't look at it as being irresponsible or who are they? Who are they to? No, I think that it's hard to pull it off. There are challenges, but it's doable. And I think it's smart for the NFL to continue doing things the way they've done. Preach. And and you have Goodell in that memo. One of the things he lined out or outlined, he said, we don't know if we push this back if things are going to be any better. So – 
that's one of the reasons we're going through with starting it on April 23rd. And, and I had a laugh. I heard somebody, I heard a cut. Maybe it was on Jason Smith's show last night, but they said, someone had said, don't, don't release the schedule. The NFL can't release yeah, the schedule. Yeah, Seth Everett said it that. was Seth. Yeah, okay, that's it. Yeah. I'm like, are, are are you being serious right now? You can't handle the NFL schedules being released. <laughs> I mean, if the NFL doesn't want to re- release the schedule, it should be because they don't know what the season looks like. But if they feel good about things that they're going to get in the game, release the schedule. I mean, nine out of ten times, whenever the schedule's released, we get made fun of for talking about it too much. So. Game on. Bring it on. Business as usual, obviously with an eye on being smart and being safe with everything we need to do to make sure we don't have happen to the college football season and the NFL season or even the rest of the baseball season, Brian, what unfortunately happened to college basketball. Yeah, no doubt. All right. So I've got something for you here, Chris Plank, and for everybody listening. So Deshaun Watson, Texans quarterback, He seems to be upset that his star wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins, got traded to the Arizona Cardinals. And so he put out a a series of cryptic tweets where he is quoting lyrics. Now, before I get to my outstanding idea, I believe, for a sports talk radio segment, this is something that's interesting. This is something to understand here, where you have Deshaun quoting the lyrics of FYN Lucci. All right, there's a song here that he does called Destined. And I just want you to hear the, the portion that Deshaun okay. quoted. Check this out. Okay, so what's important to understand here is the lyrics never take advice from an N-word who don't love you. You got to walk light. Got to stay above water. Okay, when he tweeted this out, Deshaun, he changed it from N-word and put person. He changed the lyric. So, to me, it's like he understands how it might play if he tweeted the actual lyric, so he amended it a little bit. So the whole point of this is it's not an accident. It's not like, hey, I'm just throwing out lyrics out here. He's very well aware of how things might be received in one regard, and then he's still tweeting in passive-aggressive fashion in another. I think that's interesting. So, in other words, he knows what he's doing. Yes, he, a- he and, absolutely and he, does. And he does it in a way to where it goes beyond just, ah, maybe this gives you an idea that I'm yep. not necessarily trustworthy. I'm going beyond just the individuals. I'm making it everybody. I like it. I like yes. it a lot. Okay, so here's a little bit from uh, the song What's Up from Lil Uzi Vert. Now, this is what stands out here. There's an auto-tune on this thing. Okay, I thought about what a full sports talk radio segment in auto-tune. What would that sound like? Here's a little taste. I'm Brian Noah alongside Chris Plank here on Fox Sports Radio. What do you think? You just do a whole segment like that? I think I'd listen. Absolutely, why not? We got to get our endorsements in. Coming to you from the Geico (laughs) Studio. You know, <laughs> well we got that every time. <laughs> oh, uh, it's a treat hanging out with you, Chris Plank. Good stuff. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.